was definitely not going to uh, do the Starfield quote unquote early access thing because I, I did not want to pay money to a $2 trillion company to play their game a week earlier. But then I was watching this show called For All Mankind and like substantial portions of the show take place on the moon. So I watched like three episodes in a row that were just like people jumping around on the moon and like in space and doing all this space stuff. Like killing people and there wasn't any corpses and no killing people, but just the jumping around the, 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 the moon stuff. And I was like, damn it, I need to do it. So, so I did it. So I bought the DLC and I got the early access. How did it go? How was it? Was it worth yeah. it? Yeah, I don't know. It, maybe. I got more hours played than you, so it probably was worth it. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Well. Doing well. Yeah. I see I see a lot of handsome faces here today that, that uh, I don't usually get to see, particularly together. I, I like it. I got I got Mike. Mike, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for asking. Good. Ooh. Zach, how have you been? I'm good. I'm reprising my role as Oren uh, yeah. again. Uh, I'll just refer to you as Oren for the rest of the pod. That's fine. I'll okay. just talk about Cronenberg and uh, I guess Armored Core a lot uh, yeah. this, this time. And yeah, how's the PvP in Armored Core going? Oh my god, it's so good. I'm winning. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, yeah. I, I haven't seen him talk about it in a lot. You're like okay. number one now, right? Yeah, you're ranked um, number one in North America. Getting there. Getting there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Every day I have like this existential crisis with Armored Core where I, I message Kevin and I say, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm bad. I should just hang up my controller. And then I finally beat a boss and then I say how awesome it is. And we just go through this daily. Hmm. Isn't that like every FromSoft game? <laughs> Sounds like abuse uh. to me. Um. I don't know. No, it's not. Because like Elden Ring was just a cakewalk, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I even think Secure was easier. But man, there's something about Armored wow. Core that just spanks me. The difficulty okay but you enjoy the game right uh not when i'm like fighting the same thing 30 times no right, I, right. I, I am actively hating it uh and then when i beat it i go that was stupid that was easy i don't know what the problem was i just needed to change my build that's why i was like you're experiencing the from first time from soft thing all over again because it's like a new it's a new it's a new style but yeah same same feelings yeah huh. There's some feelings, all right. Because <laughs> Elden Ring, you were just iterating on skills you'd already built up over Bloodborne and Dark Souls yeah. 1, 2, and 3, right? Yeah. Yeah, but then Armor Core just threw all that out the window. Yeah. Hmm. That's what's great about it. Yeah. I think so. I still am, like, on the fence. I know you guys have, uh, many, many you people, will not including you, I think have you said will like it. you will like it. It's good. It's, it's great. It's an game, I think. Um, but every time I look at it, I'm just like, so what, that's is, what makes is this it so what good. I want to do? Yes, it is a FromSoft game. Like the okay. the, the the execution is so well done. Uh, even as as frustrated as I get, it still has that DNA. It still has that like weird, compelling world where you just you want to learn more and more about it. It's it's definitely worth it. All right, all right. Maybe uh, November, December. Once I get, I have so much on my plate, and um, yeah, I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, quickly, Oren. Um, wait, let's, you guys ready? The audience is going to hear this, but, but yeah, round of applause for Orin. I'm going to stop with the soundboard. I'm sorry. This is, there's nobody's hopefully going to hear this. There's a soundboard on discord and I'm, I'm like a 10 year old. I did a clap. So they'll hear my clap. 
They'll hear a clap. Okay. Yeah. Oren won Starfield Bingo. Uh, he got the closest. Although by Price's Right rules, we all failed. But I, I'm going to give yes. this to Oren. He got the he got the feel of it. This is going to be a divisive game. And uh, congratulations, Oren. Good job, uh, Oren. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next time I'm in Chicago, I will buy you a Polish dog with onions. <laughs> Um, although I heard Zach was going to take him to Pequots, which honestly, way better. Like, well, we're not, I guess, but yeah, I saw it in the bear and then someone had at some point in the past had mentioned, I was like, I've never been to this place and I live not like super close, but you know, within driving or train distance. Wait, you've never been? I've never been. Oh, I've been. It's really good. Yeah. I've been to all the other deep dish places, but not Pequots. And then I saw them in the show bring it out for people, and I was like, "Oh, I'm yeah. hungry." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pecuts is very good. Uh, I got one with like pepperoni and jalapeno. I found that to be a a satisfying is, combination. Oh, that is one of my favorite combinations. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Anyway, we don't have to talk about pizza. We're here to talk about games. Games. Okay. So Oren won bingo. Games. Congratulations, Oren. Uh, a little bit of uh, funny stuff happened at Gamescom. People saw the Nintendo Switch 2 or whatever it's going to be called. But like Why did under it take so long to hear about this? Lock and key. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like I I, I watched the, the Digital Foundry thing the week after and they're like, we did not see a Switch 2 before this was even announced. They were like very... I don't know. They seemed like they didn't see it. So whatever. But uh, I don't I know. I mean, I could see like it'd be for developers who it's like yeah, you guys yeah. need to see this to make a game for it whereas like yeah. you know Those, some yeah. reviewers and stuff it's who gets high fuck, priority right? yeah <laughs> true <clears throat> but uh as someone who's become kind of a, a switch fan uh, i'm excited that it's actually finally coming you gonna buy it probably it, what it has to have backwards compatibility yeah if it doesn't yeah. have backwards compatibility and an oled model day one uh, if as long as it has those two things, I'll buy it. If it doesn't, you're, you're not getting an OLED model day one. You get. Yeah, I, I think no they might. All. I think no, they might. Nah. I don't know. No, it's well, just a premium product. I'll get it when the OLED model comes out. But as as long as it honors my catalog, I'll be pretty happy with it. Yeah. The uh, Nintendo man more or less confirmed it. I don't know what his name is, but Nintendo man. Nintendo man. Nintendo man basically said, "We understand that people have invested a lot in their current Switch libraries." Yeah. So. You're talking about an actual person at Nintendo or a YouTuber yes. named Nintendo? No, 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 no. Yeah. A man yeah. at Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Not Nintendo. Yeah, no. <laughs> it would it would be so I don't I don't know. It's like one of their best selling consoles, presumably. I know the Wii is like impossible to beat, except yeah. for the PS2, but like, yeah, the Switch is so popular. I don't know. It would be a massive shame to not have that. And, like, how do you, like, I don't know. I guess the question has always been, do they do some weird hardware duration? I I don't know. I think they should just give up on changing. Oh, yeah, just... yeah. They, they found <laughs> the model. Stick with it. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. We don't need the Wii U pad again. Come out with, like, a controller that you, that's, like, in two pieces and looks like, you know, two giant elkhorns. You have to, yeah. like, press it on the floor. Uh, no, don't do that. If I yeah, had to I... guess. Try Michael Michael. I was just going to say, I think they found their niche and they should really yeah. just iterate on hardware. If I had to guess, it'll be targeting Steam Deck performance roughly like a little little better than PS4 or Xbox One. Nintendo seems to always, I don't know if it's intentional, be last gen every time. <laughs> yeah. 
So now there are two gens behind technically. So, dude, that would be awesome though. Imagine a Zelda game with like PS4, yeah. you know, caliber graphics. That would be so. The, that'd be the, real good. The, this article you linked said <clears throat> that that they had been playing Breath of the Wild on it, right? At, at higher fidelity and frame rates. I think it said which. Uh, yeah. Give that to me. Oh, that'll be cool. That is cool. I wonder if Bayonetta three will be playable. Yeah. Right. And not look like terrible. <laughs> No, I think you're gonna have to emulate that one. <sighs> Apparently, the emulation's like better than the Switch. So, just just quickly on the on the topic of back compat, I would think that they would, um, based on everything we've just talked about. But then again, this is Nintendo, and Nintendo just I know. does Nintendo. There's no like, <laughs> well, you yeah. never know what to expect right. with them. So. You can't buy Ocarina of Time. The, the like citizen yeah. cane of gaming like they, they don't sell it even though it would sell millions of copies you can rent it on the yeah, subscription service oof. but it's $50 a year because Animal Crossing's expansion is lumped in with that even if you don't play Animal Crossing you have to get the expansion oh but dude you get the Mario Kart levels that was pretty awesome yeah I got all the bonus maps on Mario Kart who play I mean I would play Mario Kart no one, I have no one no one plays with me you oh Mary and I play it you guys are not selling me on the Switch <laughs> right. This this sounds like a terrible anti-consumer platform. Oh, the, oh, yeah. the subscription yeah. service started out great, twenty dollars a year, and mm. then they lumped in this Animal Crossing expansion with the online service, and they just botched it. That's my opinion. Uh, it was great in the beginning. They don't seem to care about consumers, and they don't really seem to care about revenue either, because they do all kinds of things that just—I don't know what they're thinking. I don't—I don't understand their yeah. business model. But um, you know, if, I like if my they, Switch. If they didn't uh, make such good games, I probably wouldn't. Be interesting oh yeah more, i'd be like but... fuck off but they do make some good games they do <clears throat> i probably won't buy one i'm not sure but i'm thinking i will not get a switch hmm. yeah not now. yeah i'm thinking i can buy a new processor and emulate the switch build. yeah that's yeah. Gonna be my plan yeah that'll switch to emulation is already really good guys get on <laughs> we don't have the games ready but we know it's yeah it's we know like... what its architecture is launches early that'd be funny um yeah that, that could be a thing uh i don't know i thought that was cool uh starfield is according to microsoft extremely successful many concurrent players however and i believe them if you look at the steam stats page it has yet to exceed the Baldur's gate daily player count Ooh. um not only that like every time i've looked uh starfield had fewer concurrent players for its daily max than whatever Baldur's Gate had at the moment, but um, but that's 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 just on Steam, right? That's just, just Steam. on Steam, yeah. right? And I'm not playing it on Steam. Uh, I don't think yeah. you're playing it on Steam, Mike. So it's not surprising, I guess. The, the a million concurrent players in a single player game is like insane. That's that's like higher than what I mean. CS has got a million right now. That's a free game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a premium game that's. A million concurrent players is serious success. That's huge. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's doing really well. Have, they had six million of, different players. Yeah, have we heard of any other single player game getting that many concurrent players? Cyberpunk I mean, and so, uh, oh, Elden Ring, maybe? but yeah, no Skyrim. I mean, I don't think there's there was data for that when it launched, but um, I'll bet you though it did. That game was huge. You're yeah. probably right. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's the top tier. Getting a million is is like the biggest games. I, I I think that's more than Hogwarts Legacy got, which apparently that game was really popular. Yeah, like 
Harry Potter is a big deal. Harry, I guess. Yeah, I'm just I'm just too old, man. I don't know. Um, I don't. I mean, aside from my daughter, I don't know anyone that played Harry Potter. So I know I actually do. People who don't play games play Harry Potter. Yeah, that like, sounds right. You know what I mean? It's like weird where it's like casual people who are like, oh, I love Harry Potter. They're going to pick up this open world third person action game just because of the world, you know. Um, and it's sort of fresh to them because at least like my one friend, she like doesn't play that kind of game. She doesn't play like violent action games. She'll play like Animal Crossing. She'll play like she played Disco Elysium. So that's more like story. I recommended that. Um, but she wanted to play Harry Potter because you get to be in that world and you know, for us, shooting dudes with magic seems pretty rote, but like to them, it's fucking, it's insane. So hmm. that's that's the demo. It was also, okay. I mean, it, it was it was it was kind of a beefy game. Like it had some steep requirements. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just something you could play on your your uh, laptop. There was some, there was some right. hardware required. Hmm. Well, I mean, they did release the PS4 and Xbox One versions eventually. It didn't at first, mm. and then Switch. I think as well. What? Which probably runs real good. <laughs> Some of the switch ports are great, but most of them not so great. Yeah. I, I just the thought of Harry Potter running into a bandit camp and murdering them all just makes me laugh. Is that what he does? Yeah. Is it yeah. just is just Harry it's Potter just yeah. Creed? Yeah. And I don't think you play as Harry Potter, but you don't. Right. You play you, as a Harry Potter student. You <laughs> you definitely murder a lot of rogue uh, wizards. Yeah. What? It's, yeah, it's, it's just so funny. It's a standard like Ubisoft open world kind of game, you know. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, congrats Starfield for having a huge launch oh, and yeah. uh, millions of players. People, people are playing. It's enjoying it. That's cool. Uh, let's talk games. Uh, Pseudo Regalia. Am I saying this right? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I didn't. I didn't title it, so I don't know for sure. But okay. uh, yeah, I've been playing this sort of. Is this of... a Nintendo sixty four game? <laughs> it looks like it. It's got a PS one yeah. uh, N sixty four graphic style. So for those who don't know, Pseudo Regalia is an indie uh, developed, I guess, Metroidvania platformer game um, by I, I don't know. This is probably just a person called Ritzler. I don't know if they're like a team. It was made as a um, like game jam game, mm. and then they like expanded it to be like larger, have a bigger world, and stuff like that. Um, I've only played like two or three hours of it, but it's just a really like as a platformer, just the the movement and the jumping and and all that sort of thing. The locomotion is is very well done. Like I really like the animation of it, even if it like looks simplistic. Um, the character feels really good to move around the world and you're just yeah just kind of exploring this kind of uh yeah very yeah old school um castles and uh there's like a creepy underground area with some like very off-putting you know ps1 music it also uses like those kind of music sound fonts and shit oh um, yeah which it's it just it, it it is very nostalgic um but it also plays much better than any of those games could ever hope to um that might be sacrilegious but i mean crash plays all right no that's what you want is the games that look like they came out in the 90s but feel like they came out last year yes yeah and this one totally does uh there's some good like 
there's some good tech with like like wall kicking and um like the sort of in super mario you know how you can kind of like do like a backwards jump and then like do another jump i don't know is that in mario maybe i'm wrong yeah but, you can crouch okay. and jump yeah yeah super so they, they've got that kind of jump um they've got wall running that i've yet to unlock like you have to unlock all these abilities so it kind of gates progression based on like what moves you could do and like if you're really good and clever you can kind of um break things a little bit it's probably a really good speed running game and it i i don't think it's supposed to be long i don't know exactly um but i i could see people having a lot of fun just like figuring out all these all this tech and all these strategies um but yeah it's just it's a pleasant game i really like a game that just feels really good to play as the avatar um and especially in contrast with a game like starfield it's nice to have something just simple and and uh, easy to pick up um the only thing is my memory is really bad and so with these kinds of worlds so i'm like I, i'm gonna get lost uh I, i'd say i'm lost now but i'm okay just kind of waltzing around and figuring it out but hmm. and there's no map that's that's one that's mm. that's another thing. So you kind of the map isn't huge, but it my brain would be aided by a visual um, guide. So be wary, people. But it's only like six bucks. Um, so if anyone is interested in sort of an old school uh, platformer like that, not like a super difficult one. It's not like a Celeste or a Meat Boy or anything. It's more like the exploration is more. Uh, the point it just does feel really good to do as well um there's some combat too but it's not like really like in depth or anything and it looks like a nintendo 64 game like it has those big blurry textures which uh i I go back and forth on whether or not i'm nostalgic for that but seeing this game made me nostalgic for it i'm nostalgic for that (laughs) okay right extra blocky it's like not 90s pc it's 90s console yes yeah 90s nintendo console yeah 90s nintendo console yeah It's overwhelmingly positive on Steam as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 97%. Yeah, that's good reviews. That's high. Cool. And like 2,000 reviews, which is a lot for this game that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I think the style is so unique that it's it's the kind of thing that could find an audience. I guess another strange news story that is kind of like a brief tangent. Like uh, Sea of Uh Stars sold a quarter of a million copies in the first week. Which which is surprising because like the same week, uh, the studio that had made Desperados, I forget what the name of their new game was. They just came out, but they announced they were closing because yeah. they weren't having to sell. So it's like, if you can find something that really kind of speaks to people, you can sell it, I guess. And it's it's definitely a very aesthetic thing. It feels like um, it like this and maybe Sea of Stars. I didn't see it on here, but like Twitter, like there's just like those games that it's like you see like a thirty to a minute. 30 second to a minute long like snippet of and you're like oh shit that looks great yeah. like if you just have the right art style and like <laughs> you know you mm-hmm. it looks like you can move around pretty cool um like that could sell a lot of people it sells me basically yeah. every time <laughs> yeah you know all right pseudo regalia looks awesome uh, i'm definitely gonna check that out uh mike what is bramble the mountain king uh it's a pretty uh, lightweight, sort of like Norse mythology kind of game. Uh, I would say it's it's very similar to shoot, what is that uh, little little mini horror game where you just walk around a lot? Little um, nightmares. 
yes, little nightmares. You just walk around a lot. <laughs> yeah, you just walk around a lot. Uh, yeah, a lot that's that's pretty much what you do. You just hmm. you just kind of kind of push forward and you you briefly interact with things. But um, I've had it on my wish list for a while, and it came out on Game Pass. And it's 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 one of those games where like when I'm kind of at the end of my day and I don't want to be too engaged, uh, mm-hmm. I'll fire it up and play it for a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Looks great. I mean, it's a brand new game. I think it's on the Unreal Engine. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's entertaining. It doesn't it doesn't tell you a lot. You just kind of experience the world. That is very like little nightmares, right? There's no yeah. talking. It's just like look at the world building, look at the the enemy design yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Less horror, but uh, there's still you know there's still some gore. There's still some adult elements. Yeah. Are the deaths violent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Staple of the genre. I think it's kind of hard to die though. Oh. Or at least, okay. Or at least like you know I'm I'm maybe like an hour or two in, and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's it's a very low stakes game. Okay. Yeah. But it's fun, and it's on Game Pass, so I recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, Kevin, tell me about Evil Tonight. Um, I played this on vacation, but I meant to mention it on the pod, I never did, and then I'm like, oh, this game was really good. Uh, it's a uh, 2D survival horror game. Uh, it's like very much Resident Evil, like heavily Resident Evil, but like if it was made on the Super Nintendo. Um, but it plays really good. It has like a Dark Souls dodge, and you can melee attack stuff. And it's but it still has all the resource management. You go to the safe room, that kind of gameplay. Um, okay. It has really nice graphics too. Uh, I'd say like like look at a look at a video of it if you're if you're interested. Um, I believe too the uh, title art was done by a 16-bit like SNES. I forgot who it was, the Japanese artist who did a lot of uh, video games graphics. But he, he only did the title art, but it still looks great. Um, I really like this game. I, I think you can beat it in like probably four or five hours, so it's like a smaller game. I got ah. it for twelve dollars. Okay. But um, I would say like it's not a scary game at all, but it has like a spooky atmosphere. So like it mm-hmm. does immerse you in the atmosphere, but it's not at all like trying to be scary really. It's kind of like a little more lighthearted. Okay. But uh, I really, I did really enjoy it. I think it's actually one of the better indie survival horror games I've played. So. Evil Tonight. It looks cool. Um, I like that it's all a controller is strongly recommended to play this game. It's like yeah. A notice. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I, I told my, I recommend my girlfriend get it too, and she also played through it and beat it. And she hasn't really played a lot of survival horror games, just but she does like Souls. So I feel like Summer would love Resident Evil One if she could get into it. Maybe I'm just maybe, maybe. I'm just projecting. She likes Metroidvania, and I was like, oh, this is like a, I mean, Resident Evil is totally Metroidvania. And yeah, it's like Souls also Metroidvania. So I'm like, is this, uh, this hmm? kind of close? It sounds right. like an the title sounds like an '80s horror movie. It's, yeah, it definitely does. Evil Tonight. That's like Evil Tonight. You'd see in the VHS <clears throat> aisle in a, yeah. a local video store. It's really fun. I really, I was gonna do the NG Plus playthrough. I think I liked it playing it that much. So I would say definitely check it out if you if you like survival horror games. A lot of us do. All right, cool. Uh, I guess that's it. That's all the games we have to talk about this week. Yeah, it's we kind of just ended. I played another well, game like, I could talk quick, about, but I haven't quick played podcast. too much of it. Uh, oh, <laughs> what's cool. that? 
uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh, what? shit. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. I played it for Why about, are you playing that? What, so Maybe not why, I'm, but this like, is, no, this is so what motivated interesting. You? This, to me, this, to me, is okay. the most interesting part of this game, is the, the, the concept around it, and everyone hates it. What mm-hmm. is wrong with this game? Why does everyone hate it? What's it like, uh, oh, what am I missing? The writing is just ass. The writing okay. is shit. Okay. And like, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> it. And when most of it is writing, right? Like you must admit, like, granted, you are making choices which affect the larger the the plot, what happens. But in terms of, um, I've played through Detroit Become Human, because uh, <laughs> I play okay. a lot of the David Cage games because I'm fascinated by what he does and i think like there is some ambition right to um oh god am i frozen uh all right so let's just go ahead and uh uh, pantomime what zach was gonna say yeah so zach (laughs) is frozen again uh this time it's uh, a little more of a it's a definitive freeze the internet yeah went (laughs) and came back okay uh david cage games david David cage Cage games um what did i say last Anyway, um, yeah, they're they're ambitious, right? Like in terms of being able, like the story actually does change based on your choices, or like characters will die, and that will affect how things progress. It's not like huge or anything, but it's, it, I mean, it can be substantial. Um, so I think it, they're interesting in that regard. But it just David Cage feels like a writer who, like, all of his characters talk like in cliches, and like he's watched some movies. But, like, really, it's, like, every movie he, like, shoved it into, like, a, a sieve and just, like, got out all the drag, like, all, like, the the most basic writing concepts from them. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But he just so writes heavy. in cliches a lot. Yeah. And it's very surface level. And, you know, he, like, tries and tries to be emotional and uh, and deep. But to me, it just comes off as, like pretentious i guess and so that's that's my critique of it um in general all right kevin so, yeah. tell us why zach is wrong now yeah, why i don't think i actually i don't think zach is wrong but i think like um there's a lot of media that's like that and i'm like fine with that i mm-hmm. guess if that's like the expectation is that like it's just fine like i i feel like the writing was like good enough like it is cliches like a lot of themes are very familiar like i yeah. kept like when i was playing with summer she was watching me play it I kept constantly just dropping Blade Runner and Terminator quotes because I was like, wow, this is so familiar. These themes are so uh, tread on. But I don't think, like, I guess my thought is, like, it's not necessarily bad in that regard if it's, in, if it's entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. I, not everything has to be David Lynch to me, I guess. But <laughs> um, I do think that, I, I guess I, my, my, my big picture is I think the game is enjoyable. And I think the, um, while the narrative is cliched, the fact that you can control it and they show you a flowchart of what people did yeah. is actually really interesting. Like, I really like to see, like, oh, only 5% of the world made the decision that I made here. Like, I think in terms of that perspective, there is something cool and creative going on here, even if the movie parts are fine. I think there's some charm still. I think there's some parts that I thought were funny. I, I like the, the cop character. Yes. Like, you are literally a Blade Runner in that game. Right. Like, completely it's it's like blade under the game like you investigate android murders as an android like yeah. it's like totally <laughs> you're completely and i think like that's cool like it's fun to play a game that you get to you get to be able to it's not like an action game it like it's like more like police investigation and like drama i don't know i think it, i thought i thought it worked i haven't beat the mm-hmm. game yet so I'm not, i haven't seen how everything plays out but i 
You're I having fun. Like, I think it's fun. I think there's some fun to be had there. And uh, if you like sci-fi, I think it's like there's some enjoyable stuff there. That's my thought. Does it I have like, really how bad hate this controller game so puzzles? This game's like, sorry? Does it have really bad controller puzzles? You know, where like you have so to move the sticks? So it is a quick time event game. Uh, okay. That's... But I guess I'm okay with quick time event games. So I guess like if you don't like quick time events, then this is not a game for you. Because hmm. it is definitely a lot of quick time events. I think that's kind of why I quit Heavy Rain. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then you won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay. also a fan of the uh, Until Dawn game, or not Until Dawn, Supermassive yeah. game. So that might be also like why I'm like, oh, this is like in my wheelhouse. And it's like a thing that you do socially, too. Like, you're not yeah. playing these games alone. You're doing it with no. your partner, and you guys yes. are having fun together. And That's what makes yeah. it. Teasing the systems. Uh, that, that seems cool. Um, I have heard... I've not played this game, but my understanding was the big controversy over this game was a poorly handled uh, like allegory or metaphor for artificial people as race, and it was that it was maybe yeah. a little not so well handled. But I think that was the reason, the big controversy, why people really disliked that game more than okay. The, I than can see else. that. They, I haven't, like I said, I haven't beaten the game, but like I can see where some of these themes are going and what the implications of them are, but. Uh, I haven't beat it to, to, to really have an opinion. So far, it just feels, I don't know, standard, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't made it. It hasn't made an impression on me yet. But maybe when I beat the game, I'll, I'll come back and talk about it. So. Do you know who loves that game? Like, really love that game? Who? Donnan. I know. He was... He was Donnan was like, Aaron, you have to play it. This was, sorry, it's our brother. Uh, our younger oh, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. Detroit Become Human. I did not expect that. That wasn't on the sheet, but uh, <laughs> sheet. fun discussion. Uh, guys, uh, I think we've all played some uh, Starfield. Uh, I have how many hours? Yeah. I've not played very much. <laughs> how, I didn't how many hours time? do you think you put? Okay. Like two. I played 15.5 hours. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, what do you think, Mike? You put a handful of hours in? or? Yeah, I've done at least 10 hours. Okay, I have since launch. Eh, yeah, I mean, I guess it only came out for 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 normal people uh, like a couple days ago, right? Like yeah, Aaron's Tuesday. Forty hours in already. I put thirty hours in oh already. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Let me let me let me tell you my arc. The first ten hours, I was not sure that I liked the game, and I was like, yeah, I kind of see the seven out of ten. I'm 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 feeling the seven out of ten. By the time I got to about the ten hour mark, I'm like. Mm, Okay, I, I am understanding what this game is doing a little better. Maybe it's more of like an 8 out of 10. By the time I got to the 20-hour mark, I was like, you know what? I actually really like this game. There are some big caveats and some big things that I don't like about it, but this this is a 9 out of 10. This is a good game. Like, like now that, but maybe not for everybody, Like, but for me, I was like, oh, I, I found my thing. I was doing stuff. Um, it's interesting because that's exactly what the IGN reviewer who gave it a seven out of ten said that they 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 thought it was a good game, but it's buried under like twenty hours of like warm up. Like you have to play it for twenty mm. hours for it to get good, which I don't know if that's true for everybody, but I did find by the time I got to twenty hours, I really liked the game, and I but I didn't like it for the first handful or more. So I, I think I I may have like a a, a different experience with mm -hmm. Bethesda games than you, or at least the reviewers whereas i played skyrim for like 140 hours and i never beat the game yeah me neither because i just liked exploring mm -hmm. and so for me i didn't leave the first planet you get on for like three to four hours i just Vectera? i just walked yeah i just oh wow i explored the whole place 
I would I would pull up your little viewfinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just I I did a ton of mining. I just walked around. I went to every single unknown, undiscovered location. Uh, and to me, that's the fun. I I really don't pay attention to the story. Yeah. I didn't know you could stay. <laughs> I was just like, like, I gotta, gotta go. go. They're telling me to let's go. I'm like, okay. There's gonna be more pirates. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think um, it feels... I, uh, John Linneman from Digital Foundry said it was Space Rim, and I think that's somewhat accurate, but I do think there's mm-hmm. a lot more than just that to this game. It seems like a really just massive experience that it's kind of hard to take it all in. Even still with where I am, like I just started building a base on Callisto, and <laughs> that's just like a whole thing in itself, just just building a base. Building a prison on Callisto. Oh. I'm going to build up a prison. That's actually my, yeah. my plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh... That was the first planet I went to, actually. Mm. Um, and then I went to Deimos in hopes that I could find a star, like a team-infested star base. But I did not find one there. Neither yeah. Phobos or Mars. I've been to Phobos. You can't go to Phobos. Yes, you can. But you I, can I'll, land I'll, on Phobos? Well, no, but... You can survey Phobos. You can do something else. Uh, that's a spoiler. I won't talk anymore about it. There's no. no do- I haven't found any Doom stuff there. <laughs> I went to the Deimos uh, star base. Mm. And uh, some reason, I was shooting at it. All everyone in the system was blasting it. And I read about the PC game and they said this happened to, to them too. So I think it's a bug. Oh. All the cells yeah. in the system were like, I will kill you! And they all were shooting at the, the base, but nothing was happening. So I've had some bugs on that note. I've had a lot of bugs. <laughs> but they haven't been... Like, I immediately met Sarah Morgan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. right after talking with her, she like... Was she talking to you like this? Yeah. <laughs> She did do that, what? and then she started walking I turned the around wall for the and like listeners. glitching, like, like, like yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm playing a Bethesda game. This is uh, <laughs> that happened to me as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I will say that upon meeting her, coming from just fresh off Baldur's Gate, there was a, oh my god, a clear uh, thematic uh, performance and writing difference that is somewhat vast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she seemed like kind of a goody two, two shoes lamo a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny when she gets into combat, she, she gets a little like, very aggressive. Um, for some reason, I I misremembered that that she says I will drink your blood, but she doesn't say that. But I think it'd be really funny if she did say that. Uh, I, maybe we should mod that into the modders. Game. Get yeah. to work. It's because she's such a like I don't know she's such a like uh, g- goody like explorer character. Just her being extremely aggressive in combat is funny. Mm-hmm. But um, I also got the I got Adam Jensen from Deus Ex my ship as well, and his daughter. His daughter is really annoying. I, oh my god! Shut the. Fuck I know. I up. wanted to like hunt her out the airlock. I was like, God, shut up! Like, I don't want to hear your space. I I, I think I am gonna space her. Honestly, you can't. <laughs> I can leave her on a weird planet. I can be like, all right, stay here, and then just ditch them. You know, like on a moon somewhere. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm into my prison on uh, Callisto, actually. That's a great idea. <laughs> <sighs> Dude, the best part was his, him and his daughter and Sarah and uh, the other guy with the beard that you meet in the beginning were all in my my cockpit, and I had just basically stole a ship from pirates, so their dead bodies were all over the cockpit. <laughs> and the daughter's talking to the dad when there's just corpses strewn <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, take your daughter to work day. That's a Bethesda <laughs> game right <Yeah>. there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you said about the writing and like, like why I felt that it wasn't super strong. I, I agree with Mike plays the game the right way. You took the right approach. 
Um, I do think coming off Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate starts so strongly. Like you are just thrown into a thing and it's like, it's not like, hi, would you like to join Constellation? Like I've heard people talk about it. Gary Whitta said that they talk like Westworld, um, I forget, hosts. Everybody talks like a Westworld host where they're like, hello, would you like to start an adventure? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like real people, which I thought was really funny. Uh, but like, man, Baldur's Gate, yeah, you're just like in this shit and like things are happening. And every time a quest starts, you just find yourself in the middle of it. There's no like, would you like to go do this? It's just like, oh shit, things are happening and I need to respond to them quickly. Um, and uh, there's none of that, it's particularly in the beginning of this game. I think the, the beginning of the game, the writing is a little weak, which is strange because you you feel, I feel like that's been a criticism of Bethesda for a long time. So I thought seeing how much the combat had clearly improved in the videos, that the, that the writing would have improved some, but I didn't find it to have improved in the beginning. It does get better. There are some actually really cool quest lines, but you have to find them. Yeah. I, I'm. Can you join the pirates? I, I, that's what I want to do. I want to like get rid of all these goody two-shoes. And- <laughs> well, let me tell you, you can join the pirates. Okay, good. Uh, I yes. don't know where the... So I have an interesting story that relates to piracy, though, that mm-hmm. happened. So I went to the, um, I, fl- I had, okay, I was, I was in a, a, a pirate base, and I found human organs, mm. and I looted them, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. these are worth a ton. These are worth like yeah. 15,000 credits. Hell yeah. Pop. Yeah. Um, so I flew by, I was trying to go to this place called Den where I can sell them. But <laughs> on the middle of that, I got um, busted by uh, the neon um, police who the are police yeah i they're they scanned my ship for contraband and they subsequently found that i had human organs on board so they didn't like that so i had to turn <laughs> myself in to the uh, place and sarah uh, morgan was very unhappy with me because she got also searched and <laughs> put into jail which is not what she thinks is a what constellation should be doing so i decided that i was not going to give up the human organs so i went back into the prison and looted them all and then got into a massive gunfight where i didn't shoot anyone and eventually ran to my spaceship and took off and blasted to Den and made it. So I actually had this huge gunfight on Neon. There was neon? everywhere. I was running through oh, wow. Neon, yeah. And there's just the people who were like, I went to the club and the people were like running around and everyone's like screaming and freaking out. And I went to the top level and I actually looted all of the drinks that the owner of Neon has in his penthouse. And then and then went back to my ship and, and went to, to Den. I actually made it. I survived. It took me like 13 saves to mm. get through all this of like saves coming. But I made it. So you can pirate shit and get the police after you and escape the system and make it. The game does let you do this. So. Oh, yeah. You can even walk onto someone's ship when they land and just cap them in the head and take off their ship. <laughs> yeah, you can. Sarah Morgan does not like when you do that. No, nobody from Constellation likes that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe she should give you more money, you know, because yeah. uh, it requires a lot of credits. Yeah. It's and expensive. like a, a decent ship's hard to come by. Maybe it's her fault for not equipping you better off. Mm-hmm. So is there pirate followers in the pirate? For, like, can I have them with me and who don't get all pissy when I shoot people? I, I'm fairly uh, at the beginning of the pirate quest, but I have successfully become a pirate. I won't say how it happened. Um, ask you it's pretty story. good. I'll say it's probably the best writing I've seen in the game yet and some really cool moments. Um, like, I, again, to compare to Baldur's Gate, like the thing that I think makes the Baldur's Gate quest lines, even the side quest so good, is that they sort of take time and there's multiple steps 
and it feels like every move has a consequence. Um, and a lot of the quests don't necessarily feel that way. They feel kind of very quick. Like there's no beginning, middle, and it's just like, do this. Oh, done. Quest's over. Um, but this one has that sort of weight consequence, this sort of built up story. So, it, and it's been, it's been awesome. I, I think, uh, hmm. when you guys discover your way in, you'll be, you'll be pretty stoked. Like a thieves guild, dark brotherhood esque kind of plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Um, you probably can get pirate followers. You can also get like random people from like bars at every settlement. Um, I got some some doctor just because I felt like, you know, you got to have a doctor on your spaceship. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for like Star Trek memes. But um, like, and then I, I got a few Baltar. other people. What? Right. Or Gaius Baltar, right? Isn't he a doctor too? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. He's Is, is he a medical doctor? I think he's I like know. a physicist. Um, oh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. MD, doctorate, PhD. It's all the same. Yeah. Blood so, moves physics sorry <laughs> zach tell me have you engaged in the combat a bit just a smidge yeah i go to the i went to the what's i forget what's on or the the pirates have something and you have to get it i forget exactly what it was but yeah i shot some pirates i don't like so all i had was a pistol mm-hmm. and it was like five guys so i don't feel like that's good enough to properly assess if the combat is good i feel like i'll missed a lot of shots and i don't know if that's just like like your skill level determines accuracy a lot or i was just bad and or the iron sight was kind of fat um but i did feel like can i hit this guy like please like oh my god um yeah but that's like the only sadly that's the only comment i have is like the accuracy is difficult but i don't know if they're what the factors are in that so I think, I think it's, it's per, a, per weapon. Yeah, it's per weapon. It's also like okay. counter-strike rules, like don't move and shoot, it, particularly with pistols and stuff. If you sort oh. of like counter-strafe into a shot or you, you you hold somewhat still, you're much more accurate, it seems. There's a lot of cr- uh, crosshair bloom. And mm-hmm. That was, yeah, definitely what was happening. <laughs> yeah, because I think uh, each, each weapon has its own accuracy rating, and yeah. then you have your own skills, <clears throat> but I think those are only tied to damage. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I like. I really have only tasted, the, like, very, very little. The the most, um, the, the biggest impression I have was that the space combat was hard, and yeah, I died. Like, so I'm playing on hard because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I want to yeah. have a little challenge in there, and like, I I had to redo the fucking tutorial with the space <laughs> thing where like the two pirates come like eight yeah. times. I was yeah. like, please, this is the most difficult thing i've ever experienced um like just like because uh, they're like blasting your shields and you're like just trying to fly away from them and they keep, they got really good accuracy it seems um so they just blew me up so i just had to be more a little more aggro and i don't know and the ship is kind of doesn't maneuver well i'm sure there are you know ones later in the game that you know yeah turn on a dime and stuff like that but so- that first ship it was tough it's not just the first ship, and this is kind of part of the reason why I was kind of having maybe more of a 7 out of 10 experience at the beginning of the game is mm-hmm. kind of vital skills are you have to unlock. Oh. And skills that maybe yes. should not have been mm-hmm. put behind levels because, like, you can unlock different targeting systems with your ship mm-hmm. and maneuverability oh. things. Uh, and it's just, like, two or three levels, but, like, it makes such a huge difference in the ship combat, being able to do, like, these, like, zero-G spins and lock yeah. on to different targeting systems. 
that like at first I was like, man, this ship combat sucks. And then once I unlocked a few skills, I was like, oh, this is way better. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm what I was dealing with, uh, and playing on hard when I have no experience, which like I didn't think mm. it would be that big of a problem, but yeah. It uh, the space combat immediately reminded me of uh, when I was playing X Wing like in the 90s when I was a kid mm -hmm. and I'm just like dragging my mouse constantly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And you're just, you're just chasing ships. Like you're slowing down, you're speeding up, like you're trying to aim, aim and fire rockets. Uh, I enjoy it, but mm -hmm. I also started off as a space scoundrel. So I have uh, at least one, one skill point. Ah, that is, okay. That is useful. Do you have the ability to lock onto systems? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's, the biggest um, one yeah i will say i like the idea of like um managing power and like mm -hmm. changing like what things in your ship have power like i could see that being cool and like you're doing that on the fly it's like all right turn off the grav put it in the laser yeah. and it's like all right i don't need the laser i need the the shields right now it's like oh that's that's neat and i could see that playing in in the future and um adding some depth there so it was also an cool. x-wing that's yeah that, that's that's yeah. the uh, x-wing and tie fighter thing i had oh, those shit. bound to uh keys on my i bought a sidewinder joystick for that game oh yeah with force like i spent like an entire paycheck on that <laughs> just so i could play at that game and it was like the most immersive thing <laughs> in the world um space combat's it, fun it's actually one of my yeah. favorite parts of that game right now of, my ship Starfield? yeah i have you have to get the, you have to get a better ship and you have to get those levels yeah so i've just been reiterating on my ship over and over again i'm just called the space junker and i've just been just throwing more more crap on it and making it now it now has four lasers on all sides it's like an x-wing it just shoots like <laughs> and uh just as many guns as i can throw on that thing basically just yeah. load on people which has been working well actually it's been quite effective i also just been putting more thrusters in the back of it uh it's gotten quite a bit I, my goal is to make a battle star or something like that it was initially it was a star destroyer i want to make like just a humongous ship but i think you can't make up too big of a ship hmm. i think it limits you Someone uh, online built like this weird cube ship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Board cube. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's like all this scaffolding, mm. and they said that like since the AI always goes for the center of the ship, they created oh. a ship without a center, and so <laughs> like the AI doesn't know how to react to it. <laughs> um, I accidentally stumbled upon the Batman quest. Hmm. I haven't and done that. I don't even know so, what that is, but okay. The first planet you're on, if you just explore, you'll find a bunch of spacers. Mm -hmm. And one of them will have a note about, mm. like, a secret base. Okay. And you go there, and it's basically oh. like like a sort of Batman thing. But you get uh, really, really, one? really good armor. The Mantis, mm. yeah. Oh, I oh the Mantis. I have that one. I haven't started it yet, but I did pick that up. Okay. So you, uh, it's challenging, especially when you're starting off. But uh, you can get a really good ship mm. and really, really good armor. And okay. you'll blow through all of your health. Mm. Hmm. Um, I thought the gunplay was fun, but the enemies have Borderlands problem. It's too much cyberpunk, too much health. The RPG systems make it safe to shoot the enemies too many times. So I, I did look at that time to kill mod that Aaron mentioned to me, which sounds great. Where the enemies have died like in two or three hits, but then the, apparently the ship combat becomes instant jib. So, oh no yeah and that's not what i want <laughs> that's not what i want uh, so i i uh i'm gonna figure out wait for them to figure that out but it'd be well, cool if it was just a mode where you could just set like everyone actually does double is damage. a solution to that um it's okay. it's fly to like level 60 systems uh -huh. and get loot from there 
I now have a pistol that does like 200 damage per hit, so like everybody's just one shot. Oh. I, I have a bunch of weapons that are like way higher level than me. I twinked my guy basically, so everybody just dies. So th- there's a there's a linear progression of power with the weapons. Yes. The the oh, the, the higher the system that. level, the more powerful the weapons and armor. So um, go and, and honestly. Ship parts. Ship parts. Uh, yes, yeah, the same with they have higher classes. Yeah, the ship stuff I don't fully understand. There, there's different classes, and they go. It's like A class is like it's the lowest, the lowest, and B, and then C gets better. But um, potentially you could get better ships from there too. But I've just gotten better. Like I have like a full loadout now of like a couple pistols. I have like a rocket launcher with a scope, and like a shotgun that just absolutely cleans house. So even when I find these elite enemies, I drop them pretty fast. <laughs> okay. That sounds. That's what I need because my current guns just are not cutting it. At all. Dude, and with the maxed out jetpack, like I actually think the combat in this game is so much better than anything they've done before. I would say yes. it's probably a bit better than Cyberpunk. It's, it's it is similar to Cyberpunk, um, but like with the jetpack and stuff, you can just do crazy shit where you're just like flying all over the base, just headshotting people. Hmm. I think the combat's a lot better too. I think like compared to compared to Skyrim, which I think of as oh like God. the worst combat ever. It's, it's oh, a, Fallout. It's a, I mean, I didn't play Fallout 4, but Fallout 3, oh my god. It was better than Skyrim by a significant margin, still. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I, I am really liking the game. I, my, my big complaint is that there's a lot of menu interaction to, to navigate through the systems. And it took me a long time to find where things even lived in the menus. Menus are yeah. confusing as all. It's like yes. a million nested menus. Like, to get to your ship's cargo bay, you have to open up your ship menu, and then it's a nested cargo bay. Whereas you can't access the cargo bay from the ship if you're standing in it. So it's like, why not? Why can't I just go to the cargo bay and walk to it and access it? So there's just some, like, odd decisions. But I do think, like, it it feels like a next-gen game from a game design perspective. It doesn't look like a next-gen game, so the, but the performance seems to be next-gen. <laughs> I don't know. It looks good, but I, the performance is not what I I'm, I am a little unhappy with the performance on my current hardware, and I have high end hardware. At least my PC, it runs good yeah. enough, but <laughs> I wish it ran better. And I'm all AMD, and this is an AMD so this game. So the 6800 XT is like 30 percent better performance than a 3080 in this game. That's why is that? I mean, the 6800 XT has better rasterized performance than 3080, like across every game basically, but only <clears> by but like not 30 percent, eight percent, yeah, yeah, not not. 30 percent uh yeah i think it's a driver thing it's optimization thing i get i can get 60 frames per second basically all the time except for maybe occasionally in the cities i get little dump little jumps what cpu do you have 5800 x3d he's got a 5800 x3d okay i have like the best cpu around essentially right now and uh i I don't know i just think it's run better Mm. I'm, i'm i'm unhappy with the performance currently it's not it's okay. I I shouldn't say I'm unhappy because that's that's actually a stretch. I just think it could be better. It could I'm be. I'm unhappy with it. Well, it, according yeah. to Todd Howard, you just need to upgrade. That's what he said. I know. I, I watched what? that interview. He it, said was... <laughs> he said we did optimize it. You just need to upgrade. And I, you know, I have a a, a near top of the line gaming PC at this point, so I could get a better GPU. I could get a 7900 XTX, which would that's but that's just a lot of money. Like a thousand. <laughs> yeah, maybe next gen I'll buy a new CG. But that, by the time I might be playing Starfield still, I don't know. I didn't really notice uh, that I wanted better performance because I was walking around the Citadel. 
or New Atlantis, whatever we want to call it these days. <laughs> and I was outside, and then I went into a doctor's office, which was like a full loading screen. And mm-hmm. then it was like 140 yeah. frames per second, yeah. like buttery smooth, because there's mm-hmm. only one NPC in the entire building. And it was yeah. like, oh, this is what it should look like. Damn. <laughs> it's like a slideshow outside. Mm. Yeah, if yeah. I turn off FSR, it runs pretty poorly. It runs under 60 FPS at native res on high. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think it looks great. I think it's really just because of all the simulation they're doing. So, like, I get it. You know, I understand this game's sim- doing some crazy simulation that other games are not doing that look better. So, the other games are static environments and stuff. So, I, I understand. But it's I just... feel like it is still a very static game, though. Like, yeah, like not every object is movable. Exist in real time, and the food and the forks. There's a lot of objects. You can see people who drop the potatoes with. in the ship. There's like thousands of potatoes. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of a... small objects, but like chairs, tables, lighting, yeah, like none of that true. stuff moves. I still can't shoot out a light, you know? Yeah. Like it's still yeah. it's still baked light maps. Yeah, that's true. It's not like Half Life Two. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> not compared to a game from two thousand four. But then again, what is interactable with Half Life Two? That's like the most that's like still Maybe Alex. Um Yeah. Bodies. Yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah, performance could be better. It, I will say, I played it a bit on Xbox uh, Series X, and it was pretty decent for 30 FPS. Very tolerable. It's fun to fly around and, and just do stuff on the console like that. I don't, I wouldn't really want to do the combat so much, but uh, I think it's a serviceable port. I think you know you could go buy a Series S and a Game Pass subscription for 300 bucks and play the game. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Um, let's talk about the, so like the, I think the biggest caveat you brought up, uh, the, probably the biggest problem with the game, other than maybe if you just generally do not like Bethesda style games, which is fair enough, is the number of loading screens in the sort of like the way, like you really have to get used to that and over that and understand where things are to get into that fun zone. And it does, doesn't really teach you how to do it. And that is another reason why I was like, it took me a while to like really warm up to this game. Um, we've all seen no man's sky you can just fly from space like to the planet you can't do that we knew that but like you can't really fly around the planet so much you like flying in space is very limited um and space travel is entirely menu driven which which is a bummer yeah because it feels like the only thing you can do in space is shoot things pick things up and then navigate obtuse menus to (laughs) jump to another system and have three to four loading screens Mm-hmm. yeah Although i would apparently... say like like at this point it's kind of challenging to call it an open world game when a lot of other open world games are actually kind of seamless um as much as i i, I disliked last far cry there was no loading screens like you just constantly traverse the world and cyberpunk kind of has the same thing going on you really don't have a bunch of loading screens and this one feels like like a hard stomp on the brakes as far as current game technology. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Zach, I cut you off. Oh, you're good. Um, I guess, like, so, like, the, I've you know, I've played so little. So, like, you're on the surface of a planet. Like, how far can you walk? Like, is there, like, invisible walls? Or, like, there is how does that, or just, like, a mountain that would block You get, like, a progress? chunk. When you land, you get, like, a chunk of vicinity around your ship. Uh-huh. It's basically like a... I don't know how big it is, but it's substantial. Okay. Um, it's, it takes like an hour to walk to the edge. So it's yeah. like not... It's not something you're likely to ever experience. 
It's okay. a big, big, it's miles and miles and miles. Yeah. yeah. But you don't get the whole planet. You get a chunk of the planet. And you can lift off your ship back, go back to orbit, and then land again elsewhere to explore okay. other parts. But it's definitely not like, I, I kind of wish that the boundary had just had a loading screen. Like, you just load yeah. to the next area. Rather than having to fly out. Because, like, this is, again, this is this kludgy ship. Well, did you experience a wall? I've never actually hit No, but I haven't bothered going that far for two oh. reasons. One, because there's no vehicles. So you move very slow on foot. Yeah. And, and secondly, because as far as I know, there's no, there's no way to, you have to, you have to, they are connected apparently. Someone actually turned the boundaries off and they said they could fly through the whole world. Oh, but, really? Um, but the game's engine can't handle that. Okay. Yeah. So, it's a technological issue, I think. Right. I mean, it's still open world. It's just, yeah, it needs to take time. It, it's old. It's an old man. If you think about <laughs> him, it, like, let him remember like, what the map looks like. If you think about it, it compared to like Fallout or, or Skyrim or something, it's like those games have a giant map with a bunch of cities. This is like a giant universe with a bunch of cities, like cities mm-hmm. and locations that are just spread out between different systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think, I think works and it doesn't work. I think it's like it's like I like it and I don't like it at the same time. Because like there's lots of cool things to find that are very different, but also it can be hard to find them. I do feel a little overwhelmed, sort of like uh, like an Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where like the world is so big, and I'm yeah. I'm really about uh, unlocking and discovering every location. Like <laughs> that was my favorite part of Fallout Three, was I had the entire map, yeah, discovered every little cave, every base, everything. And this one, like I spent a few hours, three hours, just on the first planet, and I don't even think I walked the whole thing. So I'm very impressed with that i think uh it does do a really good job of conveying the vastness of outer space agreed yeah how are you guys finding the procedural gen um i will say some of these like frosty ice planets that i've landed on have been really i've actually had some pretty cool experiences there even though there's not necessarily like a lot to do there it's just like wandering around you see these cool frozen mountain ranges and valleys and other stuff and i don't know it, in space and the moon rises and all that it does feel very generated yeah yeah i would say i i think it it works like to a point but i think that i've definitely come across multiple bases with the same layout with the same npcs in them yeah essentially so i felt like i've already kind of quickly started to feel the algorithm but i i think if if i was bethesda like how would you solve this problem i don't really think there's an easy method so like i i think this it kind of is like a necessary evil to make a game of this scope is Um, it like are we gonna have a new like cave in skyrim like uh thing going on like it's just like oh yeah this is the same cave that i've been to in skyrim how many times kind of yeah yes no definitely yes uh and i do think that's another one of the caveats of the game the one thing that i think saves it is that the combat is so much better and the kind of stuff you find is interesting and um the other thing that i guess the counterpoint to that would be is i've been to like 20 different outposts or cities that all had their own different thing and they all had a little bit of a history going on and they all had, they looked differently and they had like different culture so like there, there's 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 a mix of things like there's a lot of like bespoke things to find yeah mix in yeah i believe that i think actually a lot of my complaints right now will probably subside as i play the game more because i think it's a lot of it's just 
I also feel just really overwhelmed with the game. Like, when I landed on Neon, I was like, oh, this is the coolest planet by far. But, like, it's just so massive, I didn't even, like, feel like I could just take it all in. They had to, like, I had to, like, slowly inch my way through everything else so far. So it's just a lot to, to, to absorb. Um, but I, I definitely am going to keep playing this game. I, I, I'm going to say, like, a big picture, like, I'm really liking it overall, despite I have some complaints. Yeah, I think, like, last night when I was playing it, I felt bad because I was I was just trying to knock out a couple quests, right? Like, I just wanted some XP so I could level up. And I was hopping between planets a lot, and I didn't explore them at all. And I thought, ah, oh, man, this is like a total missed opportunity. Like, I should be enjoying this entire world, but instead I'm just kind of bouncing around between, well, 20 different loading screens. But I just, I just want to get a quest done so I could have money so I could go do another quest. Yeah, that is kind of a, a massive problem with Bethesda's Bethesda's quest design in general is very um, centric around centered around fast travel and waypoints rather mm-hmm. than like broader building storytelling or or exploration. I feel like, and it's that's something that you really felt in Skyrim. All right, really felt in Skyrim is just like okay, go all the way across the map now, go to this cave, kill this one guy, come back, go all the way across. It's like you can tell that their their designers are thinking about fast travel and waypoints as like the primary means of interaction and um i don't think it helps their their broader goal of building these big immersive universes um it's a bummer i, I found that there is you can kind of tell when a mission's going to be like that there's definitely a lot of missions that are not like that but yeah i i feel you mike i think this game was more designed around fast travel than ever before too like the whole like you have to you like you, you like in oblivion or skyrim you follow you could walk between the places this game you don't have a choice you have to because mm-hmm. of the, how the ships and systems are <clears throat> but i i think it's i think it works for this game i think this because the game was under i think it works even though there is a i just initially had a lot of confusion with like the buttons for like interacting with the system and the planets and the maps like how do i Okay, I just jumped in. How do I get to this planet ahead of me? Do I have to like press? Oh, you open the scanner. Okay, then you can jump to, or you can open the pause menu and then select the planet. The landing zone. There's a lot of just like menu stuff. Too much menu stuff, I think, is my big problem with Zelda as well this year. So I think like less time in menus is good for me. I think Skyrim had a better menu design than Starfield at the moment because I feel like I constantly don't know where to go and I'm just. <clears throat> I still have that muscle memory of like, oh, I press M for map, I press I, I press mm-hmm. L for for my journal, for my quests, but I don't know how to do that through tab, through the whole menu. Hmm. Yeah, there is a a uh, UI mod that, which I'm going to check out, which maybe will fix some of this. I don't know. Mods are kind of fixing a lot of the problems. The HDR is really bad. You can get mods that fix the the LUTs or just increase increase the gamma curve and the brightness, which is what I tried and uh so that that first level is terrible in HDR. It looks oh, just yeah. god awful. It's the caves, man. It's like yeah. your blacks are like this orange gray. Yeah. And it it hurts my eyes after playing for a long time because there's like so little contrast. I'm like, "Oh. I don't I I guess I kind of got what they were going for. I wasn't that bothered. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I'm like, oh, this is a look, I suppose. It's a, a style. It feels like an Instagram filter, yes. you know, in yeah. some weird way. And so yes. I'm like, oh, I, I I get it. I wasn't so mad. Um, like old film decay look? It's a choice, yeah. Like it looks like a the cover of an old sci-fi novel or something, but like faded. Right, you know? 
That's the style, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably mod it eventually. I just... Um, I played two hours. I just wanted to get playing. <laughs> Though I did do the DLSS because I was like, that yeah. that is going to enhance the functioning of the game. You know, I need to do that. So, How long did that take for you to do? It's really short. Um, okay. I just had to download like two mods like one to set up set it up and then one that you like plug into that folder that you downloaded and then it just it just works um you press okay. like the end key and it pulls up a little menu and it just says if it's on Dude, or not the end um, key yeah the end key i, Dude, I have a 65 percent keyboard i don't have an end key <laughs> oh then you're done dude you can't <laughs> you gotta switch layers man <laughs> oh yeah, no you went too minimal uh i hate it when they use keys like that i'm just like Dude, Dwarf Fortress is like that. They're like, yeah, use use the numpad. I'm like, the numpad. Yeah. Who do you think has a fucking numpad? I got um, a numpad. Really? Writing numbers is real good with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Fair. used to it at work. Uh, All right. <laughs> but um, I will say the the FSR2 is pretty tolerable. Pretty, they, they did a pretty good job with it. It's the best version of that I've seen. So much so that I haven't felt that much urgency to get DLSS modded in, but I'm definitely going to do that. Well, thanks to uh, UWP, I can't mod anything. So really, fun guys. Wait, is, I also have that version. Are you sure I was able to mod the FOV? What's UWP? That's the Universal, universal Windows, Windows Package. Platform. Is yeah. this a Universal Windows Package game? Uh, not, I got it through the Xbox app. So I yeah, me too. Out. And you can Yo. still mod it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I modded I'm the classy. FOV. Well, the FOV is just an I and I. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be a mod. Right. You're just like you're I'll just like a parameter basically. Yeah, try it. That was mandatory, and now it's like yeah. crazy fisheye 100 <laughs> FOV, and I have to like move into my my monitor to see what's going on. But uh, it's cool. Rad. Now I know what I'm gonna do after this. Yeah, yeah. Get modding. Oh my god. So mods are gonna fix this game. Um, so so I guess I don't know. What do you guys? Are you guys are ultimately more positive than negative? Do you think you'll play more, Zach, or are you kind of like? Eh? I mean, I paid 10 bucks for the month, so I'll probably play it until then. And then I don't know if, I mean, maybe I'll fall in love with it. I, I, we're going to talk about more Bethesda games um, in a second, but I've, I've not been a big fan of the Bethesda style. So I don't know if I'll see myself sticking with it. Like maybe somewhere down the road when I have next computer, um, more mods are out. DLCs out. I'm like, you know what? It's like 15 bucks. Maybe it's time to get into Starfield. Um, it's got ray tracing now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they added yeah mods, the, added ray tracing and shit. Or the anniversary uh, edition did or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, they uh, they included the mod that someone made and they like sold it to you as a part of the game. You know, they didn't actually make it themselves. Uh, <laughs> um, so so yeah, I'll play a little bit. All right. I'm gonna Mike. play more. I'm, I'm liking it. Kevin, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue playing it. I'm enjoying it, way more than Fallout Four. Oh yeah, yeah, it's way better than Fallout Four. Hmm. I never played Fallout Four, but so. I I'm having a good time now. Now that I figured out the stuff and I found a rhythm in the game, I'm actually having a really good time. And I'm kind of wanting to play it when I'm not playing it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get back in there. I'm gonna do a little bit of this. I want to go there. I want to see what's happening with this. And I find I found the good quest lines where the storytelling is is a lot less wooden and. Um, so so I feel like I'm in a good place, but it, it, it is some effort to get there, which 
which I, I fucking hate it when people tell me. I hate it when people tell me, you just got to play for 20 hours for it to get yeah. good. Like, that's like the classic JRPG sentiment. You just need to sit through 20 hours of tutorials and uh, pass a that, test. And then... that, is, that is Stockholm Syndrome. That, that, yeah. that, is, that, that is you getting used to your abuser to the point where <laughs> it's finally okay. Yeah. <sighs> From soft games. Just uh, soft games. throw that out there. Well, those, yeah. those hurt you the entire time. It's not like yeah. the, it's just yeah, like but the initial... every minute. Dude, the initial is like, what am well, I yeah. do? What is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, playing Dark Souls for the first time was the most confusing and amazing experience. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm really liking this game, and I, I think I think they largely delivered on the promise, but I just do think there's just so much, like I said, clunkiness. Uh, and, and, and I do have some caveats with the, like, it's going to take a little, you got to, 20 hours is probably a bit much, but I think five hours before you really start to figure things out, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a bummer and I, that is on them, you know, like I think there's, there's other ways. Cause I don't think it takes five hours to start enjoying Baldur's gate, which is a similar, similarly deep and complex game. Um, I think most people will be hooked within the first, you know, few minutes. So, yeah, I feel like it does force you to do those first few quests and I don't like that. I don't, I don't always just want to pound through a couple story points uh, mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes I just, I just want to play around. I just want to explore. Yeah. And I think Starfield does that pretty poorly, but that's how all of their games have been. You know, like you have to have that amnesia or birth sequence. You have to, yeah. you know, have, you know, some sort of like common Joe experience. And then all of a sudden you're thrust into this giant Epic quest. Right. Yeah. I do I... want to say though, that mm-hmm. I really like the aesthetic of Starfield. Yeah. Uh, I like the the sort of like computer UI design that you see. I like the font. I like how it's sort of like optimistic, um, sort of like golden a- era of NASA feel to it. Mm-hmm. I think I think they hit all of those marks very well. The soundtrack's great too by Enon Zur. Yeah, really, really good. Same composer for Fallout Three, and Fallout Four, I believe. And Crisis. And Crisis. Whoa. Crisis Two menu theme. <laughs> Come on, it's one of the best. I don't think I he did Crisis too. It's the menu but, theme. He did. Oh, okay. The game itself isn't good, but the menu theme is amazing. There are definitely uh, some sound design elements that I, I feel like I remember from Fallout Three. So hmm. that's not surprising. Yeah. He has a style. It's like I don't know how you would describe it because I'm too stupid to explain it. But but there's there's a family of resemblances among his mini scores uh but it's really good it does the same kind of thing that the skyrim soundtrack which was a completely different composer did where it's like these good little atmospheric moments where you're just exploring a landscape and the music just kind of very subtly just kind of heightens everything um lots of really good stuff like that and and a really fitting thematic main main uh theme i also just want to say like i think that this game i haven't there was only two before this games that really like really brought me in for Bethesda, which was Oblivion, which was the first one I played, and then Fallout 3. Both those games were highly immersive and highly just like, oh my gosh, I want more of this. I think this is the first time I felt that way about a Bethesda game since Fallout 3. So, or Bethesda style game. Um, I would count New Vegas in that, even though they didn't develop it. But I, I think that this game does, it really does feel like a fresh new thing by them, and I really appreciate that. Like, it's, it's, it, it's it's a new IP and, and I see why they made a new IP now for this style because it, it does feel like an evolution of their style. Yeah, um, 
I had the adoring thought. fan too, and he's oh hilarious. god, he was so worth it. Okay. Did you get him too? No, I was. Uh, I did introvert alien DNA and neon street rat, which makes it so that I basically don't even have to upgrade my oxygen. Although I can't have followers. If I have a follower, I like instantly a companion. I instantly run out of oxygen. But if I'm by myself, I never run out of oxygen. <laughs> oh, I have neon street rat too. That affects your oxygen. No, alien DNA and introvert. Oh yeah. Okay. I always have Sarah with me because she's gets some. Shoots Dude, enemies. Every time you turn around, they're like right there and they looking are. at you with their creepy dead eyes. I'm just like, fuck off. And then they judge you so so much shit talk. They're so critical. Oh my gosh. The amount of times she keeps telling me, like, you don't need to carry junk around. It's like, shut I up. Know, That's what like, I like yeah. to do, okay? I like to pick up garbage and sell it. Jesus. Like, do you realize what alone. game we're playing here, Sarah? Yeah. Do you realize what game you're in? This is a Bethesda game. This is a game about hoarding. This is a club. Or every time, like, game. I pick a side quest. She'll be like, well, okay, I guess we'll deviate. It's like, yeah. shut up. This is the game. What are you doing? You got to take the adoring fan, man. He, he likes it all. He doesn't care. He's okay. <laughs> He's on board with everything you do. Sarah sucks. I have Andresia, and uh, I shot a farmer in the head, and she stopped, stopped being my companion. Yeah, she ran Ooh. away. When I got in the neon gunfight, <laughs> she ran around. and was just like running around in chaos while everyone was losing uh, their mind, and there was cops shooting me. But she's way less annoying than Sarah. Mm. Oh, who and, is it? Andresia. I haven't met her. Oh, well, she's, her. Uh, she's, she, she's the hot one. Uh, she's the shadow heart or whatever, but like you, you'll oh, get her okay. later. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, Sam Coe, Barrett, they suck so much ass. Those guys. Yeah. All the, what are they, what's the group called? Constellation. Constellation that seem, they don't seem very interesting. The constipation. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so let's 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 segue into this this Bethesda house style thing. One thing that um, Gene Park said is that this game doesn't have the step out of the vault or come out of the cave moment that Oblivion and Skyrim and Fallout have. Where like the thing that really like I did not it wasn't hard for me to get into Skyrim or Oblivion or even Fallout because of that first moment, thirty minutes into the game, where you step outside and you see like twenty different things. Like particularly in Skyrim, you just see like this crazy ruin on top of a castle and a dragon, all this stuff. So you're like, oh man, I I'm gonna I'm just gonna go in a direction. This you're kind of stuck in a city, and it's like I think it's the worst city that I've seen, and the people there are really ugly for some reason. Everybody in New Atlantis is just like like way uglier than the other cities. I don't know what's going on. Um, maybe that's a bug and they just like there's something wrong with the character models but they're really ugly Um, all the models for some reason it swaps out to the ugly guy model and we don't know why (laughs) there is a funny thing where the character's eyes like track you all the time which is kind of creepy but I was sitting there at a bar I posted a screenshot in the discord and this guy was just like leaning his head back and his his eyes are just rolling to his skull and I was like what is going on which by the way the photo mode in this game is so good it's so much better than cyberpunk even though cyberpunk looks better cyberpunk has a really broken photo mode where it's like you're tethered to your character model but this you're like a drone that can just move around you get these like super wide angle shots with these incredible telephoto with like shallow depth of field You, you can just do really good stuff so it's a great way to learn photography actually but um anyway bethesda house style what do we think about this, guys? Let's let's Zach. What is your history with Bethesda games? Uh, you alluded to not being maybe the biggest fan. Well, like uh, Kevin, uh, Oblivion was was my first my first Bethesda love, and at the age of like oh god, like thirteen or fourteen. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, Mike. 
Yeah, that's yeah, I feel okay. Bad. It's okay. I'm old. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was playing it. Like you know, I uh, some friends had it on 360, and I was like, "What is this fucking game?" He's like, "Dude, look at this!" And he goes to a town, and he like blows everyone up with magic. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like Grand Theft Auto, but with magic. That's sick." Um, and then eventually, I like got it on PC, or like my cousin had it, and I played on his Steam account because um, it was easier to do that back in the day. Um, yeah, I just I played a ton of Oblivion, and I just kind of, I mean, I enjoyed it for the time because it felt it was like this. At the time, I was very susceptible to being immersed in an open world because I was not inundated with them, um, <laughs> you know. And like, sure. like I didn't play a lot of GTA because it was it was not allowed, right? Like I was too young at the time um, to play a lot. You try, you know. We had a copy of San Andreas at one point that we would like sneak play, and it's like, oh shit, mom's coming in. And you like fucking bust that out of the. That was your porno console. movie, yeah. yeah. that was the porno movie. We played that Hoff Coffee mod a lot, guys. No. Uh, anyway, open world games. Uh, I, I was like, I was hooked. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, you just kind of do a bunch of random stuff. I never really even like beat the main quest. I don't think I got too scared of the of the demons and stuff in the in the Oblivion Tower or not the Oblivion. The uh, is that what they're called? The Gates. Yeah. Oblivion Gates. Thank you. Um, so I just kind of just messed around, you know, did some of the, the guilds and stuff. And it was just like being in this big world was like enough for me at the time. Um, also did the, uh, the, the, uh, what do you call that? The, 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 the Coliseum, the Coliseum was great. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was, that was the first time. Um, but then I think what happened was like I got to Skyrim and you know that that was that was a big game right um massive game my brother was really obsessed with it um reading all the news reading about how like this every individual snowflake will will fall on branches and shit like that I don't know if anyone remembers it was like Game Informer I think um Hmm. I was like this is gonna be the greatest game of all time and then I played like 14 hours and I was like it's fine I guess and then I just I dropped it and I never, mm-hmm. I never picked it up after that in like 2012. Um, I think, and part of it, I think is because like, it did feel a little like rote, like, it, you know, I'd played Oblivion and not that like Skyrim is fully like that game, but it is kind of in the house style. So you're getting a lot of similar stuff. And so I got, kind of got a little, uh, a little jaded to that. Plus, um, as we've said the the combat the the mechanics of playing early Bethesda games aren't great particularly um, you know like they're it, as a world to explore good as like games to master combat in not particularly fun um, yeah. and so those that combination of being like I've kind of felt like this before and it's not that fun to play I was just like I'm good. And so I played a little bit of Fallout 4 when it came out, but like not like, you know, I rented it from the library. I played a few hours and then I was kind of done. So that that is my my history. I think I just currently like uh, FromSoft has kind of made me want to play games that feel good to kill things in, um, sadly. So and that that's a high bar uh, to, to, to for a game to pass at this point. So so that is my 
relationship with the Bethesda games. Used to like them, but I guess maybe grew out of them in some in some way. Or my what I like about games is kind of not generally what they catered to. Mike? Uh, yeah, I started with Oblivion. Uh, I played pretty much everything after that, but I've only beaten Fallout 3. Hmm. Uh, because like I said, I... I, I I feel like Zach and I kind of had a similar experience um, where there was a point in Oblivion where I, I played it like nonstop for 30 hours. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. there's nothing else I need to see here. Uh, Fallout 3, like I was, a, I was already a big fan of Fallout 1 and 2. And I still like the VATS system. Uh, so combat, I I did most of my combat through that still. Oh, me too. It wasn't until Skyrim where I started to think like this game shouldn't have any melee combat because it's bad. It's bad in every <laughs> single way. Uh, it's super hard to judge distance apparently, or at least for me. And uh, Starfield like has some melee weapons. And I, I just, I think like, I'm just, I'm never going to use this. Like, I don't care if it does 200 points of damage. I am not touching this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels gross. It takes up the whole screen. Like you have an ax and you can't see anymore. Um, I have a katana. I kind of like it, but I mean that's fair. Uh, so far, I don't. Uh, yeah. The only thing I found are are axes. The axes. Everybody's got an axe in the first Safety ten hours axe. of the game, right? A rescue axe. That's called. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. The forest. Uh, Kevin, tell us your history. Uh, mine was going to my cousin's house, Joey, and watching him play it on 360 Oblivion. Um, and I remember thinking, my first thought was, "Wow, that horse animation looks really bad." <laughs> and it's funny because I didn't realize I was watching at the time a next gen, which would have been a seventh gen game, because I was had a sixth gen Xbox. So I was seeing a 360 and not really even appreciating the graphics at it at all. Whereas when I saw Gears of War, I was completely yeah. blown away. I couldn't believe I was even looking at it. So under underwhelmed by the graphics, but when I actually played Oblivion, I was totally just awestruck by the scale, the scope, the fact that I could be evil. I could replace mm-hmm. the guards' food with poison apples, and they would actually get poisoned and then die. I, I was all of these things were very impressive and cool to me. So I played the Shizen hoof out of that game, Oblivion, <laughs> um, and I also transferred my uh, Xbox save to my PC, and it worked. Wait, nice. what? So, yeah, I like 360. 360 save to my PC. Huh. It's now in Steam Cloud, and it lives forever. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you have uh, to decrypt it? I did have to decrypt it, yep. Oh, my God. I had a tool that did it. Um, and then I also played Fallout 3 to death. I remember reading about Fallout 3 in my Game Informer magazine and thinking that the Brotherhood of Steel helmet looked really weird. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to play this game. It looks weird. I don't know. I don't know about this. And then I, like, love – like, Fallout 3 was, like, the best thing in the world. It was, like, this is, like, one of my favorite games of all time. That's what I thought then. And, I, I you know, like, I haven't played it really since, but I do have nothing but fond memories of Fallout 3. So – I, I play. I forgot. I played some Fallout Three as well. Um, yeah, like that. The trailer, like the I don't want to set the world on fire trailer. I was like, yeah. this is fucking insane, you know. And I didn't own a three sixty at the time, so I only played like some of a friend's copy or whatever. But I remember being really into that opening and like I, I like that kind of dreary, gross look of Fallout Three. Like on a mm-hmm. CRT back in the day, it was like that was. It was a dingy looking game. It really worked. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like the atmosphere of that one. But yeah, that's that's yeah. Just wanted to add. Yeah, that. especially with like with like the uh, slide projector transition menus. Mm-hmm. 
Those are great. I can I can I can still hear that clicking sound. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> that game was great. I love Fallout Three. Hmm. It's awesome. And then you became backslidden with with Skyrim and Fallout Four. Yeah, I think they were both bad sequels. Uh, hmm. Skyrim, I think, was fine. Like I didn't hate it, uh, but it was just. It just felt like they took all of the things like that about Oblivion out, all the systemic stuff. It just felt much more watered down um, for the sake of pretty graphics and pretty world. Um, and um, Fallout 4 just... I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with that game. I just It ran bad. I didn't find the quest or story to be engaging. The shooting <coughs> was better, but not good. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it felt like it was played out by that point. By the time I played Fallout 4, it just didn't have the charm. I, I played Fallout 4 for the first time last year, mm. and it was terribly broken. Oh, uh, really? Especially, yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's actually it's comically broken on an ultra-wide, because <laughs> even if you have a mod that like gives you ultra-wide, all of the vignettes are oh, uh, God. 1080, so yeah. when you're in like the giant robot, you know, it has like... <laughs> the viewfinder and then mm-hmm. crystal clear on the sides. It's, yeah. it's, it's super funny. Uh, but it crashed like multiple times. I, I, I tried to get a, a refund through steam, but I played it too long. No. Um, mm. So that was, that was unfortunate, but I was really disappointed with it. Especially, yeah. I mean, years after launch, you know, right. like it should at least been stable, but it wasn't. Hmm. Yeah. For reference, I played through all the DLC on Fallout three. I did like every like cave, yeah, every, like everything. With, but yeah, I did, Fallout 3 was like a completionist game for me. Hmm. Yeah, right. I bought every single one of those DLCs through the... Uh, uh, Oops. Yes. Yeah. Oops. You think they would just tie that into the Xbox app, like on our purchases or whatever, but they should, maybe there's yeah. reasons. Yeah, I don't like know. $45 on those freaking DLCs. That sucks. I still have all the achievements, though, you know. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep things in perspective here. Your gamer uh, score is yeah. very high. That's <laughs> so, the only reason why yeah. why it even comes close to Oren is because oh, yeah. I bought all the Fallout. Yes. <laughs> oh, Oren. That's true. Oren used to have a lower gamer score than me. Now he's, he just towers above me with his... Even though he's a PS5 guy, he's still he's chugging along. Um, I, I played... None, I'm surprised none of us played Morrowind. That's, I was hoping Mike yeah, right. I did some Morrowind. When? Like, actually played it? Like, you played it after Oblivion. I played after right? Oblivion, and yeah, we, we know the story. Yeah. Um, but I, I also played Oblivion was the first one and I really liked that. Um, I didn't love Fallout 3 as much as everybody else did. I enjoyed it, but I think I, I think I saw the, um, algorithm quicker in that game. And I had also just played Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl, which is a very different game, but has kind of a similar vibe. And I think I just was like, the shooting sucks. This is too goofy. And, and I think ultimately, I think I'm just like a probably old school Fallout fan. Not that I, I, I didn't even play those back in the day, but I've played them a bit now. I think I might like those best. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, in, in any case, I really liked Skyrim. Did not beat the main quest of any of these games. I barely did any of the main quests in Skyrim. I just walked around for like 100 hours and killed people and cl- cleared out shit and had a really good time. And then I hit this wall where I couldn't play it for another second, which is pretty typical of uh, Bethesda mm-hmm. games for me. Just hit this point where I'm just like, I am full and I'm done. Although I did play a bit of it last year, Skyrim. It was the first time in you know a decade, and I I had some fun. I think there's still some fun to be had there, even though it's problematic. Um, but the Bethesda house style, as we're calling it, is is like large, broad, open world games 
that are very much like they are like Westworld the game. Like they're just like there's a billion quests. You can do any of them in any way. They don't really have a lot of consequent over the broader world. So like you can join, you know, in this you can be a pirate and you can be part of the, you know, the the Space Rangers or whatever at the same time in Starfield. There's no there's no consequences for that. Um maybe there should be, but yeah. Um but it's it's very much just like a huge hollow deck to kind of try a bunch of different stuff and and do whatever you want. And do you guys want to add anything to that? Can I give an anecdote? Yeah, uh, I was playing the game. <clears throat> I got into a, a, uh, I went to a, sp- a base with pirates in it, and I got into a huge gunfight with them. And I had no health, so I went and rested in a bed for four hours, and then got out, got up, and killed the rest of the pirates. And I, I was did like, that, too. that right there is a Bethesda game. Like yeah. that is not like imagine if Joel got in a fight with like hunters and, and like he and Ellie had to take a nap like mid gunfight and sleep for yeah. four or five hours and wake up and then kill them. All. <laughs> And then Ellie'd be like, you don't need to pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's just like giving him shit for picking up things. <laughs> uh, don't you have enough ammo? Yeah. <laughs> but I think the thing, so like the pros of a Bethesda game, right, are sort of like living in a world. That's the pitch, right? You can do it. You can do it however you want. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Go anywhere. See all the things. Um, but that's often at the cost of, of depth and sort of like writing and and, and and just like you know bad combat in basically all these games except for maybe Starfield um, what do you guys think about the, the pros and cons I probably am skewed more towards cons okay um, so I think Bethesda games they're just ripe for exploitation right mm. it, it, it has mm. all these little like mechanics but every single one of them is easily exploitable and cheatable right like when you're at the lodge for the first time, I guess people figure it out. Like if you aim the cursor just right, uh, you don't have to like lock pick this armor. Yeah. You can literally just take it from, from like a, a, a crack. Um, or even in Skyrim, uh, like if you just crouched all the time, you would always build up your stealth XP and you would just constantly, or if you hid from someone and then they discovered you and then you hit again, that would again, just like give you a ton of XP. And so it's it's all these little like easily exploitable RPG mechanics that kind of make it a Bethesda game, and it's funny, but it's all it's not um, it's not rewarding in a sense. Like you don't you don't necessarily feel like you've earned everything. Yeah, I think that's true. I I, I think um, uh, the the YouTube channel Aaron Signal had made a video about Fallout Four many years ago probably when it came out um and i don't remember the full gist of the video but it was sort of talking about how like bethesda games like they don't allow you to like role play right like it's because you can do everything like you can become proficient at every single skill you can be part of every single guild and you know be a pirate who's a a, you know a government worker or whatever um you can yeah, you can steal everything you want. You can, yeah, train yourself to be great and everything. It's like, it, it's just like, a, they are power fantasy simulators um, and not like a true, whereas like a Baldur's Gate, I mean, I haven't played Baldur's Gate, so I could be talking out of my ass, but I assume like you kind of set up your character and you kind of have to live with the consequences of how you've built that character. That's a D&D campaign, yep. you know, um, that's that's role playing. And so that that is also part of, the, the house style I guess is just like do you can do everything and we hope that eventually like you know you or I don't know if they hope you can do anything you want right but um, 
you can just kind of do everything you want on one character and one save and see everything and like just eat this giant buffet of of game um and i guess that's uh yeah that's not um particularly interesting as like a narrative experience or the narrative even in so far as like how the game plays out like you know like emergent narratives and stuff like that i mean there are emergent mm-hmm. narratives as we've mm-hmm. said um but they're not tied to like your skills and stuff like that i yeah. like that you definitely I can, uh, have your cake and eat it too yeah i like yes. that i like that i can like be an alien abductee who was went out from a vault and saved the planet while also having killed all the slavers and like i don't know i like that my character level. i guess that's like i don't know i guess it's like different strokes maybe but yeah. i think it works in the, in the in the genre of bethesda games which i guess is its own genre really it, it takes it's like heavily immersive sim built off of but it's kind of went its own way right right but i guess it's probably somewhere ultima underworld right looking yeah. glass System Shock is just oh, all I pl- kinda... like having played Ultima Underworld. Like I didn't beat it, but I played like th- three or four hours. I was like, "Oh my god, this is just." But this is what Bethesda did. <laughs> it just is jankier and like looking around the world is weird with like the the con- keyboard looking. But it was and like just like the physics, right? Like that game has physics where you can like pick up every well, not every object, but you know what I mean. There's objects strewn about that you can kind of like lift and move That's around cool. and shit. I was like, "Oh, this is." This is the template. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess I'm okay being the hero of Kavach and the, th- the head of the Thieves Guild and the yeah. head of the Fighters Guild and the Grand Mage of the Mage Guild. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I guess it, it just it just shows that they're not as worried about like an in-depth story, right? They're just like Yeah. You get and you're I mean, it's fine to be like that, but they're just here. Here's a bunch of cool things to do and you get to do them. Do them all. No yeah. strings attached. I will say in this game that may be a little less true than previous games for two reasons. Hmm. Uh, the one is that it's very stingy with skill points, and oh. and like yes, it is, and it's very challenging to unlock skills because you have to complete challenges on top of um, spending yeah. a point, and some of those challenges are very tricky. I could not imagine myself being good at base building, ship flying, combat and stealth, and persuasion in one playthrough. Okay. Unless that playthrough was like 250 hours, which which is definitely not the case with Skyrim. You could literally just become a master crafter, combat sneaker god in you know 30 hours or something. Yeah. The other thing is that at least some of the narratives do have some sort of moral consequence. Without getting too deep into spoilers, I was given a task that had multiple outcomes. And I chose one outcome, which very much upset a whole bunch of people. And they they would not shut up about it. And not the Constellation people. The people who I, I was working with were very upset about the choice that I had made and and told me basically that if I did that again, they would not work with me anymore. And I and I believed them. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. I could see that. Fallout 4 had that too. I didn't. I actually quit the game when I had to make a decision between four different factions. I didn't like any of the outcomes. I stopped <laughs> playing the game. But uh, I, I uh, that is an exciting thing i guess that there is some level of that I, I guess i'm fine with it either way though really but oh i i personally greatly prefer moral consequences like tough decisions like being put in a decision where you're like i don't know like like Baldur's gate i don't want to say which but there's some there are multiple points there's one point in the game where i, I had to save scum because something happened that was so consequential 
and so like hinged so much on what I did in that moment that I was like, this outcome is just unacceptable. I need to save scum until this is fixed. Mike might know yeah. what I'm talking about, but um, it, yeah, uh, like it. So I think that can add a lot of weight to a game. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see how much of this that game has. Like, there's definitely some of it, which I haven't seen. I didn't play Fallout 4, but like, I haven't seen it before. So maybe that's becoming a little more part of the house style. That said, you still can be a ranger and a space pirate at the same time. But those things seem to exist in separate universes in in the in-game fiction almost. I mean, they don't because the pirates and the rangers are, are enemies. But like, <laughs> they, they don't seem to be aware that I am both a, a pirate Sarah and a ranger. Sarah did say like, don't do it in front of me and it's okay. She says, right. Like, like, so your as, companions like, will get super pissed and, and they will, they will not be your companion anymore if you do things that are disagreeable. So there are those kind of consequences. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah, I guess there are exceptions to the rule. And I mean, I know Morrowind was like, you know, is sort of, people know that one is the more like your choices of consequence, like everyone can yeah. die and that can affect the, the plot and stuff like that. So it isn't, it hasn't always been the case. Um, they have, you know, had changes there but i guess skyrim was just is such a big game it feels like you know it's it's such a major part of their identity so that's why it like that idea kind of sticks with me at least um no and, i think and their your, games are like me too and, and i mean that, and that's exactly why i think of it as i was telling kevin before the game came out i was like i hope you can't be literally like you know, the king of every single city and, you know, marry every mayor's daughter and, and like just, you know, the hero of every single guild and all this bullshit. So I think you kind of can. So uh, that's a bummer. I do like how committed Bethesda is to their RPG mechanics because it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I enjoy their mechanics versus let's say Assassin's Creed, right? Where every time you level up, in an Ubisoft game, the whole world levels up. And so it feels meaningless. Uh, here, mm. it actually feels like when I level up, I can immediately see a difference and it's useful. I feel like some of their games were kind of scaled, right? Is that Oblivion? Oblivion was. Okay. Yeah. So that wasn't They great, gave but you they... stronger enemies, but they didn't, they didn't like change, as far as I know, they didn't change their stats. But then you got new enemy types that were. Strong. They changed their level, so there's like demigods yeah. like roaming the streets when you're level like a hundred. I, I thought that was cool, but eh, I didn't love it. it it's controversial, I guess. Yeah. Um, what, what I don't know. What are the evolutions we've seen here? Well, like I, I think the biggest evolution I've seen is the combat. Just combat. is is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Oblivion's combat was better than Skyrim's, but it wasn't good. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fallout well, serviceable. was playable if you used yeah. VATS. If you didn't use VATS, it felt like a clunky, spongy shooter game. Um, but if you use VATS, it was it was okay. If you, if you use VATS, it kind of becomes like a point-and-click game, really. Yeah. Which is kind of how I played it. I um, feel like that would take so long. Like, did you feel like... You didn't feel like the game was, like, longer, like, considerably, using VATS? I don't know. I had a lot of crit. So when oh, I used okay. vats, I would crit everything. They would just like bloody yeah. mess. Yeah, yeah, that was a great perk. <laughs> yeah, and it was very satisfying to watch them blow up in slow motion. Like I, I probably oh, yeah. seen it thousands of times, and I still didn't get tired <laughs> of it. So uh, I did feel I, like in, in 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 Fallout Three when you when you just wanted uh, like a combat to be over with, you could just headshot everyone like very very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think um, a big evolve 
specifically for this game is the ship um, the ship combat but also the ship building um, being a mechanically engaging and also cosmetically fun uh, there's a lot to I mean, people have already figured out ways to gain the system by building ships that are made of all corners and no middle. To, I mean, I think that there's that, that that's a whole new thing that I've I really like with the game. I've had a lot of fun just like shooting asteroids and collecting resources too. Um, it just it seems like a whole other element that they've never. I mean, they've definitely never had anything like this before in that prior game. And the ship does feel like home, like it's like this is like where I live. Um, I do. I'm building that that prison on uh, Callisto, but uh, other than that, I haven't really done a lot of the uh, base building yet, which they did have in Fallout 4. But Fallout 4 was pretty limited, and I don't think you're. Hopefully, your summons don't get under attack because that was the joke that everyone made fun of for Fallout 4. Your summons under attack, and it was really annoying. Mm. Um, <clears throat> hope it's not the case here, but I do think just the scope is even bigger than ever <laughs> in this game. Is having ships really that great? I mean, Kingdom Hearts had that in, like, 2001. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, can't, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I think the ships are, is good. There's, no, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of depth there, a lot of shipbuilding. Like, I think there's, there's a lot you can do with the ships, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that you can't control them anywhere near a planet. <laughs> yeah. Really control them in space. Yeah, no super cruise. I wish you could do that kind of thing. Like, that's one thing that, like, EVE Online oddly enough, does a really good job of making you feel like you can kind of explore intermediary space between planets and asteroid mm-hmm. belts and moons and stuff. Like, And it looked awesome. And yeah, I wish this did. game did more of that. Uh, I like their evolution of lock picking. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fun puzzle. Uh, and I think that's something they've consistently, at least from what I've noticed, is they've consistently changed between franchises. Right? Um, Oblivion had its own style. Fallout 3, uh, I really like unlocking terminals. That's probably my favorite little minigame puzzle. Uh, so and, and that's what I was so excited to play Fallout 4. I was like, oh, I just, I just can't <laughs> wait to, to unlock every terminal I can find. Yeah. Um, and that was about the only enjoyable part. Uh, but I really like the digi keys. I like all the different layers. Um, I don't like how they gate you. Like, you can't do hard ones yet. That's a little frustrating because I feel like, well, if you just let me try. Uh, <laughs> maybe I can. <laughs> maybe I can. And I, I've done a few advanced ones at this point, and it just mm-hmm. it makes me feel really good when I solve it. Like sometimes I draw it out, you know, like I kind of get involved in the process because I can't mm-hmm. keep it all in my headspace. But uh, I think that's that's a great thing that, that they've consistently done. Yeah, I man, after playing Baldur's Gate, I was like, you know what? Fuck mini games for unlocking puzzles. I just want to see the dice. And then I played this, and I was like, oh, okay. This is just it's just quick enough. It's super satisfying. It looks really cool, and it feels like you're, you know, picking a, some kind of space lock. And I was like, okay, I'm back on the mini games thing. Just it's not, don't it's make not me do. Pipe dream. Oh god, that's that, that ruined that game. That game is unplayable <laughs> for me because of that. I really like those. Wait, wow. <laughs> Bioshock hacking. Oh yeah, I, I, I love those pipe games. They were fun. Modded out the first four hours, Maybe. and then they weren't fun. <laughs> I was fun like the first three times. I was like, "Oh, this is cool. Why didn't somebody think of this before?" And then after that, I was like, "Oh my god, thank god nobody else thought of this." Uh, but I, I guess teach their own. The System Shock Remaster has some really uh, frustrating oh, puzzles. God, that's true. That Dude, is true. Those are way too hard. They are difficult. I, I put the puzzles on easy, and they're still too hard. Hmm. Wait, yeah, those? I don't want to feel judged. Um, by, They're by. kind of similar <laughs> pipe dream sort of things, but you're not timed. 
Oh, okay. yeah. It's, it's like it's like you have circuits and pathways, yeah. and you yeah. have to like there's there's like a certain power level you have to get it to. It's it's a. Oh. Uh, it's it, I, I swear it's taken me twenty minutes for for something. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, this what is it called? The lock picking. Uh, the digi. 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 Digi pick. pick. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It is fun. I I like it too. <clears throat> I also like how the entire world freezes when you're lock picking. Like, that saved so- me from dying on neon. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, you could be in the middle of a fight, and all of a sudden you're like, "Wait, everyone, hold on! I gotta, I gotta pick up. this lock real quick." <laughs> got a little yep. puzzle to do. <laughs> they would have got my uh, or- human organs if they had if that didn't exist. Mm. I'm glad you kept those human organs. Me too. So long Dude, I can't believe you you kept those. That's so funny. I got some, and I was like, "Uh, this is kind of gross and wrong." I, I was hoping that I, I could sell them somewhere. Get a perk <laughs> where I could harvest them from humans. And oh, that'd be rad. Them. Yeah. See, that, that would be, be something. Because that kind of stuff, I think like that's something that Bethesda does do well, is that kind of stuff. It's like the, the player stories. Yeah. Do, it does very well. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, they don't do like uh, like the role-playing kind of stories, but they do just, there's just a bunch of weird shit that can happen. <laughs> I guess it's like the, the sort of immersive sim-esque stuff, right? Um, that, that plays into those. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think you can get into like currently. I'm I'm role playing a pirate slash slash uh, and uh, landscape photographer and just flying <laughs> around and, and and having a good time doing that and uh, and it's quite satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys know that you can uh, uh, sort of game the difficulty level, where you can set it to high, um, board a ship. And that's when it will generate all the items, and then you can set it back to medium. Oh, I should and set it so, to very hard then. Yeah, uh, and, and so then when you're going around to chests, you'll get you'll get better items. You'll get more organs uh, to to steal. Oh, <laughs> oh, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, open world games have have when when we all played Oblivion, open world games were pretty rare. I was like, wow, this is like gta but it focuses on the environment instead of the cities right like zach had a similar thought um we've seen a lot of open world games we've seen other games take pieces from the bethesda style i think like the zelda games um clearly do while doing their own thing i have taken some influence from skyrim and stuff like that and and i think in a lot of ways maybe done it better uh how does this compare to the contemporary open world role-playing storytelling games in you guys' opinion Where's my goddamn horse? Mm. Did the horses suck though? Where's my vehicle? I need. I can't walk around. Uh, <laughs> my like you have all this fancy technology and I'm still hoofing it. Didn't you play Fallout Three? Yeah, I yeah. did. And I, I walked that entire map. Yeah. But, it's <laughs> but the bunny hopping on air. Do you have your your jetpack fully unlocked? Because when you, you I just like bunny I don't have a fully hop unlocked. across. Oh, it's good when it's fully unlocked. Is it? You can just bunny hop forever, basically, and it feels pretty awesome. It's not that fast, but it I'm feels just good. Saying, man, I could, I could use like a little lunar rover. Oh, me too, me too. Yeah. Um, I think like the whole concept of, you know, how how it still has loading screens and the game mm. isn't seamless does really hold it back from its contemporaries. Agreed. Uh, like to me, that's just that's the that's the biggest thing. Considering, for me, Cyberpunk, and Far Cry are still fresh on my mind because I I mean I still play them, regularly. And it's just, 
it's it's it, it's just a halting grinding effect it's like okay all right so let me go to a star now let me go to a planet now let me board a ship oh i'm i'm opening a door that's another loading screen <laughs> yeah i agree i think um in terms of open world context i think the thing for me that holds it back is there's probably a lot of really cool things to find but like finding them is probably difficult because they're under layers of submenus and mm. uh, different systems and planets and like it just seems like a lot and like there might be lots of parse through of like random gen to find the goods so i think like in that regard like compared to just playing eldering and going in lyrnia and finding like shit everywhere or zelda um i think that that's a problem but i i, I haven't played it enough to really i feel like give it it's due here because I also I've only played it for like 15 hours and it seems like an insanely huge game. So like I think there probably is because I've already found some really cool things and some really funny things have happened. I, I found like a lot of, of good stuff, but I just feel like there's a lot of menu navigation required, which I find to be frustrating because it feels not natural compared to just walking in game somewhere. Yeah. I, I do strongly recommend watching or reading an article of like 15 things I wish I knew. Yeah. Because uh, I watched Paul yeah. Tossi's video on that. It was like 30 things I wish I knew. And I was like, oh, I learned like six things that were like crucial to my enjoyment of the game. Like, oh, I can just fast travel by pulling up my scanner and clicking on something. Um, yeah, I recommend that for sure. I mean, do other open worlds not have like a menu problem? Like a thing in like Assassin's Creed games or like... Um, what are other Zelda ones? does. Uh, Zelda definitely I think Elden does. Ring doesn't necessarily have too much of, an el- of, of a menu problem. Oh, not all. I think right. I think Cyberpunk no. kind of has a. Oh, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk has a very bad, bad menu news. problem. Yeah, <laughs> but but none of these are primarily required for navigating the world. Whereas true. that's true. This game you have to. The only right. way to get around some places is to go mm-hmm. through the maps, and I think the star map looks great. Uh, itself and the systems look really cool but like just there's a lot of weirdness to to to, to just move from one place to another and yeah. it takes some time to get used to it and i just find that that the the segmented nature of it kind of to mike's point it really holds it back um, i'm also work. constantly hitting tab one too many times <laughs> so it's like oh crap now i gotta do the whole thing all over again yeah. i've yeah, done that like a little 30 laggy. times yeah. Yeah. It takes like five or six seconds to, oops, then I got to get the map back to the closest. Just upgrade. I do, I do feel like they could do some refactoring on their map UI stuff. It just it just seems like it could have been more straightforward than it is, to be honest. Oh, but yeah. I, when, it, when it's good, it is good. Like, I, mm-hmm. I got into a zero G fight in a casino. That was awesome. Like, there was yeah, some, I did that too. Really cool moments that have happened that I've just been like surprising and, 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 stuff i just feel like it's just a lot to, to you just don't know when you'll find that stuff and it can be i like that uh in that zero g fight the the if you use the shotgun it'll knock you back yeah like like a lot more than any other weapon and so mm-hmm. it was like oh shoot i actually have to think about how i'm gonna combat these these individuals yeah i like hmm. that too i haven't done uh, that, that yet that cool. sounds cool uh i still feel like for me as far as like sp- sp- purely open world design i have to give it to death stranding for making the open world the gameplay yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I still have to give that that one probably the best mm. in terms of just open worldness is something like one i forget what the classes are or whatever but it's like there's like a space courier or something in this game in starfield and i was like 
I want to do the Death Stranding run. I just want to be delivering shit around the yeah trucker the galaxy. Oh, you yeah, can do that. Trucker, you can yeah. totally do that. Right. That's <laughs> what I'm doing, but with uh, human organs. <laughs> right. You could also do that. Yeah, you could. I'm be a human like trafficker. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Death Stranding, uh, you yeah, might move some organs. That. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Actually. Move some bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, you have full. Do. That's full of organs. That's true. <laughs> There's a lot Just of organs puppy. in that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the one thing that I've, I've kind of harped on this is I would love to see them level up their writing for the next Bethesda game. Like I yeah. would like, if you look at the difference between Divinity Original Sin 2 and Baldur's Gate, like Divinity Original Sin 2 had really good writing, I thought, but like Baldur's Gate blows it out of the water. I would love yeah. to see that level. Like they don't need to be writing as good as Baldur's Gate, but like I'd like to see them work on that in the same way that they've worked on their combat. Like level it up that much and I think Elder Scrolls 6 or whatever we get next could be could be pretty worthwhile. Yeah, yeah like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't feel like I can ever take a Bethesda game seriously because it's mm. all way too like comical and over the top. Yeah. Whereas like, uh, and I'll oh, grant it, I don't hate all the characters like I hate them in Far Cry. Like I, I, I usually hate every single Far Cry I NPC where I, I wish I could shoot them. <laughs> um, but I don't take the writing as serious as like Baldur's Gate 3 or even Cyberpunk where I feel like like a quest is actually trying to deliver a really unique narrative. And even just like enemy combat is like, get him, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. that, it's just, it's that sort of like constant. Yeah. Just sort of like bombastic over the top kind of, kind of characters that, um, I don't know if that game can ever escape that. Yeah. I felt the same way. I literally had the thought, I'm like, you know, <clears throat> Sarah Morgan is really boring, but, she could be a Far Cry character. So, right. you know what? I'll take Sarah Morgan a hundred million times So for any Far Cry NPC. So, there is that. They're not. What about Daughter Co, though? Daughter Co? She's pretty bad. She's pretty bad. Daddy, will you read to me? Yeah, tonight? oh my God. It's like, shut. It's like, what? <laughs> take this yeah. girl off the intercom. Um. Um, the Baldur's Gate characters felt to me like Bioware. They feel like people. Whereas these characters feel like NPCs. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they mm. could probably do a, like a bunch of good side quests. I don't think they have the, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just like, you know, it's the, the problem of like, how do you create urgency with this story when you can do whatever you want? You know, all these, like Mike said, this shit's just funny and like, you can do whatever the hell you want. Like it undermines the, <laughs> any like, um, the fiction yeah yeah it undermines the fiction a little bit and so like it feels like with good side stories you could kind of have smaller narratives where you're gonna probably complete it sooner you know this is what you're actively doing unless it's like a large scale like go find the 12 objects and all the different planets whatever um so i think they could probably pull that off but i don't think they would be able to make anything that has like deep consequences um like the the writing couldn't be like 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 yeah where it like affects a lot of stuff it just like i think they could probably have good like oh this character speaks well and to like that's that's the trajectory they could go is just like good character writing and good back and forth and uh like an interesting smaller quest with like a, a cool arc to it almost like 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 the mass effect uh like uh you know character quests and stuff like that like they could they should lean more into that um, I guess they fucked up in Starfield already if everyone's immediately annoying. 
Um, but yeah, but uh, I don't see them writing like a really big grand story that pulls it off super well. So, yeah, no, but the little ones could be good. Yeah. Thought, and there might be some of that here. Like I'm experiencing yeah. a bit of it. The, I thought that Fall 3 story was great. Like you start off as like a child and you have like a father and you like you know, he leaves and you're like, why did he leave? And you're like, okay, well, what's what's going on? And you're like, oh, he wants to like bring water to the wasteland. It's like not like this like huge story. It's like a story just about this one area. And like you all, you have to make a decision to like, you can poison the water or you can like, you know, you can actually create it, but you have to like make a sacrifice to do it. I, don't, I felt like it worked in that game. Like I felt very mm-hmm. immersed in the story of that game. Oblivion, like I didn't really give a fuck about Martin. <laughs> the gates, yeah. The gates and all that shit. It was fun. I actually was killed everyone in that game anyways. So I, I don't know. I, I, but I thought Fallout 3, I felt very immersed in the writing and the story of that game. I, I liked Fox, the like super mutant who's like somehow coherent, the only one who's coherent, and he's like mm-hmm. a loner. He's like the alone in this world. He's like the suppressing mm-hmm. character. I thought I thought that game had good writing, but all right, all right. Well, I, but the, yeah, I this game I was also it yeah. was also still like over the top though. You know, it was. It's like it's like uh, do you there's a vault. Boomtown. Yeah, like do you want to blow up Boomtown or like uh, there's a vault and there was there was a. There was just a bunch of puppies, so we decided to turn them into giant mutants because we're amoral scientists. You know, it's like it's like there's, there's, there's like, no nuance. There's it's the just... antagonizer, <laughs> like the superheroes yeah. who fight each other. But like, I guess it's like Yakuza, like it's or even Metal Gear, like it's serious when it wants to be, and then it's wacky when it wants to be too, which I, I think can work. But I, I don't know. I haven't played up Starfield to really have an opinion on this yet, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I was unimpressed so far by Sarah Morgan and her cohort of goody explorers <laughs> i mean no one well i mean only reviewers have played like well actually i'm sure some people have played 100 hours they don't have jobs and they just have no life to it but for the most part <laughs> i got some friends on on steam oh yeah oh. they're playing right now <laughs> um it, it it doesn't feel like the writing has been a um like Baldur's Gate, right? Like people were talking about like the, the the consequences and like the the character writing and stuff. Like we know that people generally like it because of that. I don't think anyone's really talked about Starfield's uh, you know characters. I could be wrong. I haven't read the reviews. I was waiting to read them until after we talked. So mm. I had a, and and before I played the game, so I had a fresher view going in. But I'm reading those seven out of tens. I'm very curious. I think everyone's still caught up on the performance. Yeah. But that may be my bias because that's what I watched this morning was oh, uh, okay. Digital Foundry's review and then their uh, Eurogamer article. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really haven't read anything yet. about the story, what people actually think of it. Um, it's really just like, you know, this is a next-gen game. Yeah. Yeah. I've listened to a few podcasts and read some reviews. The consensus seems to be that the people who like it all kind of agree that like you got to put some time in before before it really clicks. But once it clicks, it's good. Like I said, I, I hate saying that, but I do feel it pretty strongly in this in this game. So, <sighs> I believe it. Um, I'm willing to put the time in. I like the game. Yeah. Despite some yeah. I, I think if if you like if if a Bethesda <clears throat> game married to most of No Man's Sky sounds good. You're gonna like this game. If that sounds like not that good, then you may not like this game. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on and, and head on out of here because this this is getting long. Personal Rex, you guys, you guys got Rex this week. Shoot. 
Don't worry, I brought three. So. Why do you go first? Uh, okay, I'll go real quick. If you love, like I do, really long retrospective videos, uh, video essays on on classic games, two really high quality ones came out in the last, I think, week. Uh, Noah Caldwell Gervais came out with a nine hour Fallout retrospective where he talks about every fucking piece of Fallout and it's it's grand. Uh, he did a really good job as he usually does. Also, two days ago, uh, Never Knows Best, another YouTuber who makes really long videos, he, he did an entire series retrospective of every mainline Final Fantasy game and he played them all back to back over the last like few months. Oh my uh, and God. What? I said, yeah. oh my God. Wait, wait. In months? He did that in months? I think he did it in two months, he said. Final Fantasy? Is that the yeah. series? Uh-huh. Yes. One through 16. Of how many are there? 16. <laughs> he must have used a guide to just get them quick. Uh, he had played all of them before, so I think he knew what he was doing. And I think this is his job, so he was pretty, yeah. like, 40 hours a week in it. But um, That's like, I guess that's one game a week, maybe? <laughs> Some of those games aren't that long. Like, you could... Oh, no. You could mainline like the earlier games. Not it's it's once you get to seven. I mean, I feel bad that he had to replay Final Fantasy VIII, but that's that's a whole other <laughs> thing. Um, but my my real recommendation actually is I talked a little bit about this earlier. Uh, the show on Apple TV called For All Mankind. It's a it's an alternate history science fiction show from Ron Moore, who did um, Battlestar Galactica and uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. And it's it's kind of the premise is that what if the Russians had landed on the moon with Soviets, I should say, prior prior to us. How might that have affected history? And so, like, instead of there being sort of like a race of nuclear proliferation for the uh, the Cold War, it becomes kind of a more hot space race. And so, it's it's entirely like the main characters are mostly NASA uh, ground control and astronauts. And um, it, it's 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 pretty good. It's it, like like the first season can have some kind of slight get a little melodramatic but like generally very high quality really cool stuff in space like the vfx looks so good on the moon and it also does that thing we had talked about the first topic of the week was talking about um sociological storytelling like this the, the the sort of like the economy the social politics um the institutions and policies are driving the story a lot more than the characters which i think is does a really good job of that i think ron moore has a a pretty good history of thinking about those things in his storytelling, but uh, for all mankind, pretty good. So this is like more grounded than a Deep Space Nine or a Battlestar. Oh, this Star is Black hard Dome. sci-fi. Okay. This is like gotcha. this is this is hard as fuck sci-fi. Yeah. Like there is no magic. Like I mean, it literally takes place in the past, the first season. So yeah. So like it's it's but it, it's really good. Uh, I liked it a lot. That sounds pretty cool. Mike, you're up next. Oh, okay. Uh, so I like computers. Uh, it's what I do for a hobby and a living. Uh, recently, I upgraded my server at home. I've always had a server. You know, it's where I store all of my illicit wares and, and movies. Um, I upgraded it to a uh, AMD Epic server processor. So I've got 64 cores and 128 oh gigs of RAM. <laughs> So my recommendation, because I always use the operating system FreeBSD, uh, it has its own hypervisor. Uh, they, they call it Beehive, and uh, it's B-H-Y-V-E. That's how they spell it. Uh, that's my recommendation. It is a really cool uh, hypervisor. It works really well. I've got a bunch of Linux VMs running now, so I could run Docker. So I've got uh, a hardware 
host that's running a bunch of VMs that are running another virtualization abstraction layer uh, called uh, Kubernetes. And uh, it's a lot of fun. That's kind of what I do uh, in my You're doing time. containers now on your home server? I'm doing containers inside of a virtual machine on top of real hardware. <laughs> I am. How I'm... many layers is that? It's like Inception <laughs> VMs. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Hmm. What do you uh, do with that? How many Minecraft servers are you hosting? Right now? <laughs> only one, only okay. one, and and it's still it's still up and running, and that's using about sixteen gigs of RAM all by itself. Wow, um, it's a big world. Hmm. It's been oh. it's, it's 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 been around for a decade at least. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what does it do? It does nothing. It it, it entertains oh. me. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I really have no business doing any of this except. Uh, it just lets me tinker around and scratch an itch. Okay. Yeah, I was like, there's got to be, you got to be coding. I don't know. It just like, there's got to be a project. Well, I do. Yeah, I, I do. I do small coding projects. I have the, I have the most accurate time in my house. Oh, good. Uh, than, than, than anywhere uh, in, in, in Washington, except for the university. Mm -hmm. uh, these are just little things that I like. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Zach? Um, I guess I'll uh, recommend, if people haven't seen it, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The 4K just came out. I bought that yesterday at Target. And uh, just a really good... I mean, spoilers, it's the first half of a movie. Um, so it's not done. So that might be disappointing to people. I think that's probably good to know going in. Because in the theater, I was fucking sad. <laughs> I was like, wait, there's still more of this movie? This is a really <laughs> long movie. Oh, okay i'll have to wait till i'm 32 or something to watch the next one um but uh but yeah it's just it's just a beautiful movie so many colors it's like almost like too overstimulating in a way but i'm into that um and maybe someday i'll like pause and look at every unique frame and be like look at all this detail look at all the spider-man in the background it's crazy um mm. so that's just it's a good movie it's a fun fun movie good music good colors good spider-man um you're f everyone's got a spider-man they'll love it's one for everyone so yeah cross spider-verse if you haven't seen it cool kevin uh mine's a specific one but it's a good one uh if anyone plays gary's mod which maybe no one here likes gary's mod but i like gary's mod i like sandbox games uh, this uh, developer named Dr. V. Reg uh, made this thing called Half-Life Resurgence, which is the entirety of every gold SRC NPC ported into uh, Gary's mod. So oh, all wow. of the Half-Life expansion and every other NPC is in the game. So if you're like me and you're a massive dork and you like watching NPCs fight from multiple different <laughs> games, like I, then I do yeah. this for hours a day. I'm not even joking. I think I'm thinking, I'm thinking making videos about this. Because, you should like, make I'm video game deathmatch, yeah. I should because like I've had like the Doom monsters fighting the Skyrim dragons with like the Half Life grunts shooting at them. Like I've had like just the amount of insanity I've done with Dude, this is just I used to do this so much back in the day. Yes, <laughs> like, it's so it, like, fun. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> download like the Call of Duty characters and shit fighting Master Chief. That was great. It's oh, really fun. Was, so yeah. uh, the developer of this is extremely skilled. I actually have reached out to him to commission the Quake 2 NPCs to see if he's up to Oh, nice. He said he was, he was into it if he can get someone to do the uh, model rips, which I can do. But he needs to get someone to rig it and do gold uh, as, or source engine skeletons. But anyways, mm. uh, highly recommended. It's one of the most like well-made mods I've seen in Gary's mod. Like it's, it's, it also has Half-Life 2 NPCs, too, and they've redone them all. So hmm. Wait, we have so... them fight the Half-Life 1 NPCs. 
they, they all didn't have, like, have Half-Life attack. 1 NPCs ever before? Not in Half-Life 2. Really? Like in yeah. Gary's mod? Never... I mean, hmm. so they had a port of the Half-Life Source ones, but their AI oh. was very minimal. Yeah. This has like gold. This has like um, uh, the Gearbox games, Blue Shift and yeah. um, uh, Opposing Force. Opposing Force has like the yeah. Black Ops. They all have their respective um, stuff. Like if you spawn the, the, again, this is nerd nerd town big time, but if you spawn yeah. like the like Half-Life Grunt, you also can spawn the like Opposing Force Grunt who have different weapons and slightly different AI. And they'll fight together, whereas they used to actually be able to fight each other, even though they were the same uh, MP. They're the same faction, faction story-wise. Yeah. The grunts are for your friends and different. Anyways, <laughs> they, they got them all to work together, so you can you can really nerd the fuck out. I literally have spent ho- probably a hundred hours doing this, with, with, and that's like my the main mod I use is this one, Half Life Resurgence. Yeah. So, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out if you're if you're into that. That's cool. All right. Uh, do, who beats the the grunts? Anyone? Um, Dark Souls bosses beat the grunts. Pff, fuck that shit. <laughs> the Dark, Dark Souls, Souls bosses beat bosses like everyone. Though. Grunts? That's not fair. Yeah, but I, the grunts have tanks and helicopters and shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're just playing GI Joe on a computer with with like all the yeah. toys. Oh yeah. Um, I also have the Max Payne NPCs, and they are really oh, fun wow. to watch. They like okay. make faces, and they're getting your heads like, Ugh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me, Zach. I'm gonna have to ask you how to get Max Payne up and running another time. Uh, oh I feel yeah, like you said you had done this, and I, I, I did want to do this. I don't I mean, want Zach, to do play. Uh, I want a copy of that bootleg uh, CD that you have. That's, you want one? That's I, yeah, <laughs> I'll send oh. it in the mail. <laughs> I, really, yeah. I really want to dive into that. Yeah, don't right. put it on your server. Yeah, That's you can probably processors to give to the pirates. Um, yeah, I don't know enough about what these file types are to like at all figure it out. So, shit, I might we could figure something out. ISOs maybe. <laughs> no, just... well, there were some ISO files, but like I don't know what like there. So yeah, there were like I don't know if it was yeah there was ISOs, but I didn't know how to access them. I could I guess download a software to like yeah. get into it, but I'm mount them. Yeah. I tried mounting them in Windows and that didn't work. So, but I'm sure Windows mounting isn't like the most, um, isn't the greatest way to do that. So, if you can clone it, I, I can give you a place to upload it, and then I'll and then I'll oh, yeah. it ways. Yeah, for sure. But that was a very entertaining story. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. I, I, <laughs> I want to know everything you about see this, it? this counterfeit medium. Mm. Awesome. Oh, there it is. Nobody can see it, but doesn't yeah. make sense. Doesn't make sense. A claim. <laughs> yeah, claim burnout. Also, the crazy taxi cover is just like bad looking. I don't know if you can really. That's it a lot of like abs. When you buy a lot of abs. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually right for the game. Oh, is that just correct? Okay. They had well, eight abs. No, I think at least the character art is. I don't know if yes. like the layout is. Okay. Uh, because yeah, it's just weird. like a plain white box and then like just orange. Like it's just pretty boring. Anyway, sorry for. <laughs> The folks at home obviously are not enjoying any of that. Sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, Zach, thanks for stopping by, guys. Of course, thank you for having me. Or, I mean, sorry, yeah. Mike and Oren. Oh right. yeah, I'll be back next week to talk about a rave I went to or something. Cronenberg, <laughs> David Lynch, watch Twin Peaks. Have you guys ever watched yeah. Twin Peaks? Uh, <laughs> And Hitman. Thanks for, Hitman. Thanks for letting go. That's right. Oh, shit. Hitman. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, all right. Cool. Uh, Kevin, awesome. Mike, Zach, everybody, that was good. Uh, check out the Discord. Madden, 
We love you so much. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Maybe more. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, All right. Later on. Adios.